Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Basement Side Chats. I'm here today with your mate, Kamikaze78. What's up, man? <laughs> Not much, man. Yourself? I I am just, like I mentioned to you just a few minutes ago, I am crashing through this day like the Kool-Aid man. And I am arriving Dude. at the podcast, and we are here to do this thing. <laughs> it's the way to go, man. Like, you just got to keep on smashing through it left, right, and center. It's definitely <laughs> the way to go, Chief. Well, I'm glad to hear that's the case because I don't know any other way to do it. Anyway, um, I'm really exactly. glad we were able to, to set this up. Um, yeah, me too, man. Uh, I have been, I've talked to a lot of folks across planet side. Um, you've always been on my list. Um, I have, I, I think I got to know you for the first time, Kami, um, just browsing YouTube for planet side content, which I'm sure a lot of people are in a similar boat about. Mm. Um, I wonder if I could have you tell me your story of coming to yeah. planet side and just kind of becoming a, a planet man, one of us. Yeah. How did that yeah, go? Yeah, and yeah. maybe, well, yeah, we'll start there. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, firstly, man, thank you for having me here, by the way. Real pleasure. Um, always, always wanted to come on and, you know, join you guys on the, on these chats. I've always enjoyed your interviews, but, um, thank you. The story of arriving on Araxis. Um, well, I've, I've, I've been a planet man since beta. Um, like this is, I've been around on, in the game since beta. I joined the first public beta test and this was before the Briggs server was even a thing. So that uh -huh. was a, uh, that was, that was a journey and a half. I've sort of found myself back on NA servers despite, um, you know, my better judgment over the years. So I'm going to put the Connery boys, huh? Basically. But, um, yeah, so I, I started, playing planet side I, I i was in a i was in an australian um battlefield clan in the battlefield three days called the mature anzac gamers um ironically i was 16 at the time so i wasn't even actually a proper member of the at the time because they were they were an 18 plus club um <laughs> but I, I i you know my, my voice had broken and i was you know I, I i fit the part so i was able to stick around um, and on their forums, they started talking about this new game that was coming out called Planet Side 2. And they were going on about like how it's going to be Battlefield on steroids and have a lot of people there to, you know, come hang out with and stuff like that. And I was like, this, this sounds pretty cool. I'll give it a go. And I was sort of hooked from day one. Like mm. I'd always loved the Battlefield games. Then I jumped in and my very first battle, I still remember it to this day. I logged in and I was hot dropped into the crown. And... <laughs> Exactly. It was it was a NC assault on a on a Vanu sovereignty defended crown. I dropped on the hill and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I was just hooked from there. Like that's the spot. The, yeah, dude. And it's I, I still to this day believe that every new player should at least go through one of those things, trial by fire. But yeah, no matter how healthy or not that is for the game, sometimes it's just the way to introduce yourself to this game. I tell right, you. Right. Right. Um, mm. Straight straight into it, out of the frying pan, right? Mate, it was it was a it was a way to start. Let's put it that way. It was yeah. a, yeah. But I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah an, an interesting problem is new player experience. We can totally get to that. But oh um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a can of worms on its own, there, isn't it? It can't be anything but, my friend. That that's what I've <laughs> I've learned across these discussions. Um, yeah, for sure. So you got into it during the the, the beta period, and are you like an alpha yep. squad member? I guess. Uh, no, not alpha squad. So I definitely, I missed out on that opportunity. That um, was even early. Arrived. Yeah, that was early. Okay. I think that was like closed, closed alpha testing sort of stuff. I arrived okay. when everything went okay. public and they started doing the tech test and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was, it was 
really early days on that front. And it's it's been interesting to sort of watch the game evolve over the years. Like, you know, when the game launched, there was no such thing as a submachine gun in this game. And that mm. was and to see to see the meta evolve over the years to sort of uh fit in new player styles like that has been one of the more interesting adaptations of the game over the years, I think. And that's mm. like being like as like from launch to now, it's just been it's always been really interesting to me seeing this game evolve over the years and being a part of that too like just you know being here for that journey i think has always been a reason why i've continued to come back to this game for years upon years upon years mm -hmm. uh. interesting yeah it's definitely <laughs> changed a lot so like I i'm trying to square that with some of my experiences so like for me i was like out of the mm. country didn't have a gaming pc during oh wow the okay during the, during the, the period of time where people were moving from Planet Side One to Planet Side Two, although I was an old old school Planet Side One player, obnoxiously old. Yeah, school. nice. Uh, yeah, nice. Those were some days. De I don't know if they were great, but they were definitely different. Uh, yeah, I, ne I I I missed the train for Planet Side One, and I always wanted to try it out, man. Like, in, like, how would you sort of describe the difference nowadays? Like, what would what would how would you sort of look at it nowadays? It's it's a kind of thing where the sum of the differences is smaller than the than the way that the difference feels. So like some of the, the key okay. things that add up to the differences would be there's not any realistic social media that's possible around the game. The only way you connect with people yeah, well. is you would see people on, on the, the leaderboards on the website or mm. the official forums are really only two really venues of discussion for the game. Or if you got yeah. involved with an outfit. And you would use the in-game yep. tools and usually like a like a ventrilo or a team speak server externally. Um, sure. That was about as heavy as it got. And, you know, it was a sub game, sub fee game. It was called the same as World of Warcraft. It came out around the same time. Um, that was a thing yeah, that, wow. that publishers were trying. Uh, oh. And so it was a much smaller community. Um, and in general, it didn't really feel like a game that really, really was desperate for you to play it. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it like it lacked the ability to sort of grasp onto players and hold them there, that sort of thing. Something like that. I mean, well, this this maybe this rolls up to the new player experience, right? Yeah, but, true. Yeah. And without like belaboring it way too much. Um, and I am not the world's foremost expert on Planet Side One, but uh, mm. it had a a feeling that i think in a lot of ways the game planet side 2 today is just starting to come back to of wanting it had a vision of itself as more of like a classical role-playing game where sure. your faction identity was supposed to be more meaningful to the way you played um the actual differences in gameplay were in arguably less significant than they are in planet side 2 now because there was just so much less equipment a lot more standard kind of stuff and yeah. the gunplay yeah. was um i mean I don't even know if you can even call it gunplay. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> it sort was of... primitive, primordial. <laughs> uh, Half-Life like, 1 you know, era. Whole, like point and click style, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, like, the, um, but yeah, just in general, it was just a different era. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, of course. And another key part of that distinction is that the number of people who were interested in downloading and playing a game on their computer was so much oh. smaller compared to what oh. it was today. Uh, broadband Man. internet was was not even that common in those days. <laughs> like it's it's like a different universe. Dial up. Anyway, mm, yeah, yeah, long answer. We're, in, we're in a very different time as a result. No fair. Yeah. <laughs> What's your perception of it from the outside, as someone who didn't really play Planet Side One? No, it's 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 certainly got that. 
it's certainly got that feel of age. Like it's certainly you can you can look at that game and you can go, yeah, that was made <laughs> in a generation time and gone. Yeah. Um, and it's it's you look you look at Planet Side One and you look at Planet Side Two and you just go, my God, that's a lot of change. Mm. Like that's night and day. Um, just incredible to see the kind of jump we've made in sort of technological and technological feats and sort of gameplay feats as well and how it sort of shows um i think what the the gaming industry considered um that's what i'm looking for right now um like standard what they considered Mm -hmm. to be the the standard at the time Mm -hmm. what was what was the the meta of the gaming industry i guess and i think that's always really interesting to see as well when you compare previous games to their current ones and how how a franchise has changed over the years Right. Yeah, I, I actually have been um, consuming a lot of content around some old Elder Scrolls games of late. Ooh, I, yeah. I love that universe. Um, yeah. Uh, I've actually been playing a little bit of Skyrim on my stream, a little bit of a indulgence. Um, yeah, I, I, I stumbled across it. Are you doing like a book collection at the moment? <laughs> like, so did, did I read that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, I needed to create a MacGuffin for myself to play the yeah. game. Um, yeah. And the MacGuffin is finding and reading out loud every single lore book in Skyrim, Morrowind, Arena, and Daggerfall. So I modded them all in to Skyrim. So uh, That's impressive, man. I've got to give you that. That's 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 determination right there. I love it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think of it as like throwing the cap over the wall. Uh, it's, 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 it's grabbing the cap. That's impressive. So far, I, I've, it, it's just flying over. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, yeah. that's that's it. It's sort of like, you know, yeah, it's a way of making your own story and making a reason to play, which I really like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. I hopefully people like it. But um, yeah. the reason I brought up uh, Elder Scrolls is because uh, you think back to um, those, those of us who have played it know that one of the main mechanics of those games is they had those little, like, games in them. And if you watch Skyrim mm. from Oblivion, so Oblivion came out uh, around the time that Planet Side 1 came out, actually, and Skyrim around that and Planet Side, yeah, whoa, wow. I, I didn't even plan that. Like that was that's totally oh my god, they've actually they've, yeah that that should line up pretty well, don't they? Yeah. Wow. And if you compare the two, you'll notice going back to Oblivion that it has a bunch of like like little mini games in it, and the mm. mini game design was very much uh, in vogue in the early to mid two thousands. So a lock picking yep. mini game where you have to like move the thing around, and mm-hmm. a persuasion mini game where in order to become favored with by an NPC to get better prices on merchants and to unlock dialogue yeah. options. You did this little spinning wheel thing that most people just yeah, yeah, rolled yeah. their eyes at and said, no, thank you. Um, yep. And come many years later, when it's time for Skyrim, a lot of those mini games were designed out because that fell out of vogue. So yeah, you look at the evolution of franchises and see what they're what they're learning from the rest of the gaming industry. Um, yeah. What, what do you think? How the trends change. Yeah. What do you think Planet Side 2 is learning from the broader industry right now? Bringing it all the way up to the present. It's it's interesting. I think it's certainly learning that I think one of the key things it's learned, and I think one of the key things a lot of players have criticized the game for over the years is that it's one thing to have ways to fight, ways to kill players, way, things to do. It's another thing to have reason behind that. Mm-hmm. Like what, like, okay, you can go out and murder 50 players, but why should you do that? Mm-hmm. you know why should you explore an area of the map that has been locked off like for the shadow warp get update for example yeah they lock off this section of the continent 
um, to, to to create better lattice links between the newly positioned warp gate and the three warp gates that now interline with each other. Right. Okay. Now I'm sure they've gone, okay, what can we do with this space? Play it like we've got a bunch of space on the map here right now. It's using a bunch of rendered, it's using a bunch of te um, technical sides of the engine to render that stuff out and to act as an art piece for the game. Mm -hmm. But why would we want players to visit that? Why would we want players to go out and do something with it? Hence the campaign and the mission system. They yeah. provide reason for that content to exist. And I think that's something that the game is sort of learning over time and sort of working on improving it goes i think that goes a long way and actually like context is important context is what gives players a reason to go out and do something and i think that's what planet side has really been learning over the last few few months i think um yeah. even escalation it gave outfits a reason to try to right. a certain extent and like <laughs> pre previous was no let's put our name on a base now it's Let's put our name on a base, get some resources, have a cool Bastion fleet carry, and then eventually go to Outfit Wars. Right. So, right. Yeah. I I like what you're saying, what you're saying about toying with finding finding what context can add up to motivation. Uh, yeah, and, that's it. And um, for those who are like not up to date with what's going on in Planet Side, I know a lot of people mm. watch Planet Side content who don't even play it. Actually, I, yeah. and honestly, I'm, I tend to be one of those guys usually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Always a fan of Planet Side, not always playing it. But the the mission and campaign system. So for those who don't know, the mission system is like a is like a daily quest system. You log in each day, you do your missions, and they give you a, a little burst of resources, like certification points, or um, yep. there's actually a new currency that came into the game, right? Um, and some other stuff. Uh, yep. It's 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 meant to be an accessible way for new players to have something to hook into that is short term mm. and easy to achieve and gives them. Their MacGuffin, their their excuse to play, their context. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the campaign system is. I'm very I'm very interested in what they're going to do with the campaign system, but it's a a way to deliver oh. Planet Side's story, and it's coming in, coming in hand in hand with these changes to the continent of Esamir, where they've taken uh you know like a quarter of it, and just said, hey, yeah, this basically. isn't part of normal. This isn't part of Planet Side anymore. Like this isn't part of Planet Side as you know it anymore. This is going to oh. be something yeah. different. Um, yeah. I've had some surprisingly fun and surprisingly unfun uh, moments of playing in the Shattered Warpgate area. What's been your experience there? Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I, I actually only just recently finished the campaign. Uh -huh. I only just recently went out and decided, oh, I'm going to get this done. I think one of the key factors that dictated my overall enjoyment of it was the decision to not grind it. Um uh. This, this was a talking point I actually literally just did in my most recent video where, you know, Planetside for years has created content and created end game objectives that are designed to be specifically and aggressively grinded. Mm -hmm. You know, you decide, like, oh, okay, I'm going to go and Araxium this weapon. You're going to use mm -hmm. that weapon for sessions on end and try and fit it into situations it simply is not designed to work in. Mm -hmm. You're going to go and, you know, grind out that directive because you want that shiny armor. The The campaign is something that you can go out and aggressively grind. But if you're not in the mood to become a simple space carrot farmer, you're not, you're not going to enjoy it. It's just not going to be something that, you know, actually appeases to you. So I think I, I personally really enjoyed it. And I also was lucky enough to not do any of the big things while they were bugged to hell right. on the live server. Like the like the carrots spawning underground and stuff like that, but 
I enjoyed it because I think I took my time with it. And I said, I don't feel like shooting Planet Man's today. I feel like exploring a little bit. And that, I think, dictated whether or not I was able to actually get anything out of it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Because, yeah, I, I hear a lot of complaints about it. And people are like, oh, this is useless. This is why the devs putting their time into this system, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, well, if you're not going to enjoy it, then don't spend time trying to make it work for you. It's it's clearly marketed towards a very certain portion of the player base who want to get more out of the game like that, I think, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's just one of those things that I think it, it, you need to be in the mindset to enjoy content like this, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I think for a, probably for a lot of players um, who've been here throughout, who've been a, a loyal, devoted Planet Man, um, mm. Planet Man or Lady or Robot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all good. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't judge you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. For those devoted few who have st- who've stuck with it, like the game has trained them to play a certain way and to seek out their rewards and their incentives a certain mm. way. Um, like there's a huge portion of the community who who really cares a lot about mastery. And the best way to reflect mastery usually is with is with numbers. You know, yeah. what's what's my headshot ratio? What's how many kills per per minute am I getting? Um exactly. these these kinds of things. And it's great because you, you can kind of compete, you're kind of competing with yourself, which is actually yeah. a very healthy way to develop. Um yeah. and you're channeling it through others and you're cooperating and um a, a game that's a sandbox is planet side. Those numbers are never going to be as pure as they'll be like in a more arena kind of focus game, like a Counter Strike yeah. or or Valorant or something like that. Yeah. But I love that having that there that having a high level of skill expression is valid, at least in some places in planet side. That yeah. said, those players who are used to getting their enjoyment that way. I would. I'm not surprised that those folks don't know how to enjoy farming for space carrots. Yeah. yeah. So aside from I, I agree. the seasonal events, which everyone knows to take lightly because that, that's how they're presented. Um, yeah. The, the game hasn't said, "Hey, we're a world where there's more than shooting. Um, there's more mm-hmm. here to do than than to flex, or um, or to kind of do the uh, the kind of uh, immersive warfare thing where you're you're being part yeah. of a big unit." Um, those have been the valid ways to enjoy planet side and rogue planet games to my perception is trying to sneak in some new ideas and it's going to yep. take time for players to start accepting them for new for 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 lapsed players or new players to notice them and say hey maybe this thing that i deserves another look um yeah I, I think uh you and i were talking on um on Archie's stream uh briefly uh, mm. there was a big discussion mm. going on i don't know if you remember <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a fun time. <laughs> yeah. That was a. I, I don't know how Archie can 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 manage to 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 mediate those. He those is a he is a master of working with people. He is a master of working with people. Archie is truly an inspiration. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think. Oh God, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, anyway, what do you think? I I think yeah, like being such a it's not necessarily a U-turn, just a huge divergence. Like it's a parallel, I think. It's a mm-hmm. parallel to what has been considered the go-to content for Planet Side for years. And obviously, you know, you've got players who have been in the game for years and they have this idea in their head of what the game should be. Everyone has their own idea of what Planet Side should be. It's the it's the sandbox nature that does this. Um, and when you try and integrate something that's going to 
be such a, a far step away from what you've been working on for years and sort of changes things up a little bit as to what your direction of the game is going to be. I'm with you. Some people are going to, are going to find that quite jarring. Maybe over time people will learn how to accept it. Um, I think there'll always be a market for that sort of thing, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't envy, I don't envy Daybreak games at all right now because they've mm-hmm. got such a huge challenge of working out the balance of innovating because if you stop innovating a brand, a game it's just gonna it, that's that's the point where the game yep. in my opinion sort of dies yep you, you can't halt innovation but i i don't envy them at all because they've got such a role right now to try and keep innovating while keeping the current players happy mm-hmm. and that is that's such a balance because commander serious i know in particular has made excellent videos in the past about like excuse me i'm like hype cycles you know you know right. um yeah, yeah, I think I'm I'm sure you probably know the video I'm talking about where he yeah. talks about like, you know, we bring out a new big patch like escalation. Some of the communities like, but where's our bug fixes? Okay, we bug fix for for a while, but then no new players are coming in. Then we do Shattered Warp Gate. Okay, where are my bug fixes? And it just yeah. It's 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 a balance that I seriously don't envy of them. And now that they're doing month long chapters where they have to continue bringing out new content every month to keep the, mm-hmm. the chapters and the campaigns flowing that is a huge task and i i seriously hope they're up for it i really do yeah a huge task and let's be honest uh, although it's better to have 35 devs than it is to have three it's still not an enormous team for a game like planet side no. no no this is a this is a game that's in it, like from a from a scale perspective it's bigger than battlefield mm-hmm. there's there's more weapons in this game i'm pretty sure than there are in battlefield 3 mm-hmm. and that game had a multi-million dollar budget and was backed by one of the hu- biggest publishers in gaming. Right. So is it is it Dice that does the Battlefield games? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, D- Dice under EA. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually yeah. looked up a few of these numbers recently because I was I was actually just trying to put this in perspective after I had my first oh. kind of chance to experience Shattered Warp Gate. My, my impression was I like the idea, but man, it feels very raw. Uh, it mm. really felt like almost like early access quality in many ways yeah in terms yeah, of the yeah. presentation in terms of just the vibe of it um i like the idea but it wasn't it's not quite all the way there and yep. i backed that up in my head to like well why does it feel that way well 35 people on the rogue planet team how does that compare and so mm-hmm. i look at some other big games and you look at like the destinies which is an outlier right 600 devs the it's dice huge. is same thing and destiny is a one game i mean excuse me bungie making destiny is a one game studio Dice. Mm. I'm not sure how many projects they have at once, but they have about the same number of devs, about 600. Yeah. Warframe, yep. uh, developed by Digital Extremes, another one mm-hmm. game studio, 300 devs. And Warframe is a game yeah, that wow. always gets compared to Planet Side because it's also a uh, a free to play shooter. Yeah. Yeah. That's a rough comparison to a game with 10 times the number of development resources. Yeah, 10 times the number of development resources, and in effect, probably. Uh, to, to pay those sorts of debut at least looking at least 10 times the revenue as well so right. like the, the funding is higher which means they can yeah it's just there's a lot more wiggle room there and i think when you when you've got that disparity there things are going to feel early access at times 100 mm-hmm. um but i think if anything it's just a matter of treating as a learning experience for that community and for mm-hmm. that for that experience because mm-hmm. this is also planet side's very first attempt at doing any kind of story driven content any mm-hmm. kind of narrative content at all um Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think even Planet Side One had anything like this. This is the studio's very first attempt at this sort of stuff. I think Planet so... Side One had like 
some lore text written into yeah there, there was an achievement in planet side one where you had to go around to these different points of interest and there was <laughs> lore text on them but i can't remember yeah, okay. it, it's very thin very thin yeah okay very thin okay but yeah, like as far as from a gameplay perspective, we've now got interactive lore and that hasn't really been explored upon a lot lately. So mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I see a lot of people saying it's it's a waste of time. What are they doing? It's it's not. It's just, it's very much, for me, I, I view it as an opportunity to grow mm-hmm. an opportunity to invite new players, an opportunity to cement itself as not just a oversized team deathmatch that it can be from time to time. It needs to be something more. And I think there's really a, a good starting point here at the end of the day if they continue to you know keep investigating it i think because co- as we said before context is just so important for gamers yeah they, they they want they want something to strive for and short-term goals like this both from a narrative and a gameplay perspective really i think help in the long run for that mm-hmm. to, to keep players interested yeah yeah mm. i mean I, i'm kind of tempted to take this to a very weird like almost metaphysical level um Cool. I read somewhere recently this idea, and I it, I think about it everywhere I look at gaming these days. That the idea, oh. I mean, the idea is this: is is that you can conceive your reality as a series of games in many ways. Um, essentially, a sure, game is okay. any kind of a a, a closed looped situation where yep. your input changes the outputs. So, if you study more effectively for a test, like for a class you'll get a better mm. grade, a better outcome. You can see that that is like a game of studying and doing well on a test, the test game. Um, relationships, yep. dating, um, how good are yep. you are at, at presenting yourself, at, at making yourself visually appealing and interesting to talk to. Someone someone mm. wants to see, that's a relationship game. Um, yep. Different inputs, different outputs. Sure. And in that sense, I think like a lot of the most sticky games um, are actually trying are actually finding ways to emulate qualities in their game that people feel in the real world where in the real world in order to have interest in something it has to feel meaningful um yep like yep if you're watching a movie if it's sure. you can sense whether there's whether like whether the, the the thing there feels real to you right sure um in your career or whatever your, your chosen vocation is, whether it's a student or whatever it is you're doing, um, yep. you know with whether what you're doing has meaning to you. And if you don't, you're in. You feel like shit. Yeah, um, that's hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I'm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. That's a very good way to look at it. Hundred percent. And a, a way the reason that I think about it that way is because I feel like I spent a lot of years feeling like shit about the games I played. Um, mm. Because I wasn't getting out, I wasn't getting the outputs that I wanted. Like it didn't feel meaningful yeah, you were, to me. You weren't you weren't getting the outcome or the, the the desired reward for what you were putting in. Yeah, or I wasn't getting a reward that was meaningful to me. There you go. Yep. That that yep. felt good to me, and and a part a big part of that is knowing what I actually like, what knowing about mm. me, and actually that's why I started doing this podcast because. Mm. I, I knew I was fascinated by games and couldn't stop thinking about them, playing and talking about them, but I needed to find some way to elevate it, to make it more meaningful, to put, make to have mm-hmm. uh, something that, 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 that um, had its own energy that I could yep. bounce off of. Um, yep. So that's like why I got started. Now, you started, you started playing Planetside when you were, it sounds like, pretty young. How long have you been in the content uh, game? Um, 
crap. So Planetside came out in 2012. Yeah. I, I launched my YouTube channel a month before Planetside came out in 2012 as well. Ooh, right on it. So, yeah. So yeah, I was actually quite lucky in that sense. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I sort of, I launched my channel October. I think I actually remember the date, October 21st, 2020, sorry, nice. 2012. Blah. Um, and yeah, like I, I was playing a lot of Battlefield, a lot of Skyrim at the time. And I started Man. making videos for that. Yeah, I know, right? I got to find I, your I, old I actually... Skyrim videos now. Oh, shit. Oh, dude, please don't. They're not good. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, unless. Oh, like, that's like my, my, my Skyrim, like, hi, like how to mine hotspots video is still getting views. And I get reminded of this on YouTube and I hate it. Like, I just like, <laughs> why are people watching this? Stop it. Um, <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but yeah, I went back. Like I, I was playing, I was playing those games. I was making content about them, mm-hmm. um, but obviously wasn't getting anywhere because these were games that had been out for a year. The hype cycles on them had come and gone. Right. Battlefield had completed its DLC um, roadmap, um, and there wasn't a whole lot of demand for content. And then Planet Side came around, and I thought, why not? Let's let's see what I can make here of it. Started getting into it. My first few Planet Side videos, I remember being abysmal. I Started over myself like no tomorrow. It was, it, it's again, would not recommend. Please, anyone watching, do not go that far back. All right. Who in the chat's got some links for us? Shit. We're going to have a watch party <laughs> as soon as we clock out tonight. Oh, lordy. <laughs> lordy, lordy, lordy. Um, but yeah, no, going, going that far back, I decided I'd start making some content. And um, yeah, it just sort of stuck. And I found community that were sort of keen on. Damn it, Rogue Wolf, I see you there, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I found content and I found um, I found a, uh, a demand for that content. And suddenly I sort of found a niche that I wanted to dig myself into and really sort of, okay. sort of go with a bit further. What do you think the demand um, for the content was? What were people looking for that you were able to jump into? They, they were certainly looking for like, like weapon reviews and like they were looking for, they were looking for, because Planet Side back then was a very grindy game. There wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of cert income. It was quite harsh to get into and to earn a proper cert income on it. And I found that people wanted to know what to spend their certs on. People mm-hmm. wanted answers. People wanted people wanted guidance. So I thought, well, you know, the weapon review formula works great in games like Call of Duty and Battlefield. The class guide formula works well. And I did some searching around and I saw there was only one other person really doing this at the time. That was Rel. Mm-hmm. And I figured maybe I can add another spin on this. I can add another opinion because it's always good to have um, conflicting, not, not necessarily conflicting, just separate opinions and separate formulas for the same content in a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the community decides which one they like better and they go from there. But you still, but you still add to the content pool and add to the the knowledge base mm-hmm. and the knowledge pool that's out there. So I decided I'd start getting into that, and um, yeah, it sort of took off from there. And I started applying that that sort of mindset to more general tips and tricks and stuff like that. And over time, it just it sort of turned into something I could really start chasing a little bit more aggressively and really get my teeth sunk into. I guess, um, yeah, that's that's essentially it. Just yeah, <laughs> and has that do you still more or less apply that that kind of approach towards content or has your the way has the kind of content that you deliver changed over time it's i think the way in which i deliver the content 
has certainly changed a lot. Like okay. the technic the technicalities, the, right. the graphics, stuff like that. Like yeah, the, the, you get better. The, 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 the quality, I guess the quality of the content I'd like to hope has gotten better over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, but the overall intention has always remained the same for me. Um, and it was, it was the same from when I started out gaming, uh, it was when I started out the YouTube channel, I wanted to, I wanted to provide something. I wanted to provide some form of quality of, uh, uh, some sort of, um, end deliverable, I guess. Mm. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to just pump stuff out there for the sake of pumping it out. There were already a lot of other people doing that on YouTube at the time. I just okay. wanted to give something that someone could take a video and then either learn something from it or be like thoroughly entertained by it in a, in a, in some sort of meaningful way, uh -huh. I guess. Uh -huh. Yeah. It was like a, I just want, I wanted there to be a reason for a video to exist. That was sort of my, my rationale, sure. I guess, behind starting things out. And was that reason something that was like within you, you wanted to express, or was it more like, I want to do something that's meaningful to these planet side players that I'm they're playing beside me? It was, it was sort of a bit of both. Like when I, I started my YouTube channel, because I looked, I looked at the amount of time that I was spending gaming. I was back in, this was back in school for me. Like I was, yeah. 15 i think it bears yeah, 15 re no, repeating for everyone here that kami is a a, a youngin like <laughs> i am how, yeah how, how old are you today do you mind if i ask no no i'm 23 right um and you started this yeah. when you were in your teens i started at 15 i started that's, uploading that's content awesome, at 15 dude. cheers yeah. man no thank you um but i i, I so yeah i sort of I, I looked at the amount of time i was spending at in at, at front of the computer on my xbox back in the day and i was mm -hmm. like you know surely i can do something with this surely i could you know take the amount of time i'm spending gaming and turn it into something more because mm -hmm. you know i was sitting in front of my computer for days and end just entertaining myself but i thought there's got to be something else i can do and i saw that youtubers were up making informative content i thought you know maybe i can get into this so i guess i found planet side and i found how much i was enjoying it i found how much other people were enjoying it and how much people sort of wanted to grow off of that um, and decided I'd turn it into something more productive for myself. I figured yeah. I'd, learn a, I'd learn a skill. I'd maybe find a passion and we'd mm -hmm. go from there essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and that was sort of the, ra and that, that rationale that I talked about earlier was sort of bred from that, that sort of drive to do something more, I guess, with, with, what my, with my time. Yeah. So I, mm. That sounds exactly like what I went through last year yeah it just took me until i was 36 years old to start and you uh you know you started a bit earlier i'm actually insanely yeah. jealous in a lot of ways um you know um but rather than 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 uh dwelling on my jealousy um <laughs> you're 23 years old you've been doing a you you've, you've had a i think a fairly successful youtube channel for many years well, thanks mate Appreciate you're definitely it. an authority in the community um, mm. do you think that this content creation can be a lifestyle for you? I mean, okay, well, let me ask right now. Um, uh, do you support yourself now with, with, uh, with your content creation or is it a side thing for you? Like in it's, terms of it's your still day -to -day? very, it's very, it's very much a side thing. I still have a, um, uh, I still am casually employed in retail here in okay. Australia. Um, and I've, I was actually studying at university up until April this year where I finished my degree. Congratulations. Um, thank you. What's your thank degree you, in? Uh, media, believe it or not. Media okay. arts and production. Related. Um, ex exactly. Um, but I, um, see, I was doing my media course and I had my job at this on the side because um, anyone who like does content creation will tell you that 
it pays it pays peanuts um it really does and mm. it's really difficult to make it sustainable in a smart way mm. um because it's one thing it's it's one thing to run a channel and run entirely off of um the generosity of others through like on twitch here for example donations bits um subscriptions that sort of stuff it's one thing to run a run a channel off that but at that mm. point you know like if you want to be really successful at that point you're not really running a business because once you become a higher end channel you're essentially becoming a business you're you're pumping out content and gaining stuff in return right you're not really running a business at that point you're sort of running a sort of a charity for yourself to uh -huh. a certain extent uh -huh. and it feels i hate saying that out loud but if you don't play it smart and you are in this industry with the whole intention of running this entirely off of the generosity of others then you're going down a really dangerous path in my behalf, uh, in my opinion because i've I, I i do get paid a little bit from what i do and i've seen mm -hmm. like months sort of you know fluctuate and depreciate big time when it comes to revenue earnings and i right. i look i sort of look at the volatility of it and i go jesus like yes you could do this full time if you were one of the top dogs where people just are generous for the sake of being generous. But if you're in the mid game, you've got to play it really smart. And if you're going to do this full time. Right. I think some advice I heard Archie mentioned last week was mm. like, if you can't make it work on your worst months, then you can't make it work. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need to take your worst case scenario as a question of it, what if this is my best case scenario mm -hmm. and can I keep, if, if that's my worst case scenario, can I live off of that for a month? And if you can't, then you need to evaluate whether or not you need to turn this into a side hustle, essentially, excuse me. And so how are you uh, applying that insight? What are your intentions? Um, look, it would be great to do this full time one day. There's no denying it. I, mm -hmm. I have a passion for content creation. I have a passion for like community. I have a passion for bringing people together and, mm -hmm. Um, creating this sort of, you know, space where people can feel safe and come and hang out and have a good time. Yeah. Um, but obviously you've also got to be a realist, you know, you've got to, you've got to consider, you know, where do I sit in with life and stuff like that? So obviously I'm, I'm always thinking about opportunities to grow. I'm thinking about opportunities to take my content further, mm -hmm. but a really, really sort of, you know, big step for me there is um finding something that will allow me to do that and really doubling down on it as well cuz planetside has a limited user base it's not mm -hmm. going to you're not you're not going to get big on youtube and twitch by doing planetside exclusively you just right. not um mm -hmm. there's not enough market interest for it so it's a matter of working out a strategy to integrate what you're known for mm -hmm. and keep those people happy at the same time with new branching forms of content yes I yeah. was looking over some of your your recent video catalog. I noticed you did a uh, like an impressions video on um, was a Hyperscape, the name of that recent oh, yeah, game. Yep. And yep. I know you also had a very successful video about with about um, some top down strategy game that I can't remember the name of. Um, um, top down strategy game. I should just look it up. I feel terrible for making vague. But, <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, I I don't remember it either myself. But anyway, go on. I was just going to ask you, just generally, how, how do you feel that those attempts at like dipping your toes in other pools have gone over the years? Yeah, like I, I will admit I've had a a, a couple of very messy mistakes with content mm. creation. Um, a long time ago, I think twenty sixteen, give or take, 
I, I announced very publicly on YouTube, this was a video dedicated on its own, that I was leaving Planetside. I was mm. ditching Planetside for like, I was done. I was, I had, I was burnt out all that. We've all been there. And I made, sorry. I think we've all been there. Yeah, yeah. I, I made I've a very, very I've had multiple last video. days of side, but sorry, go on. I'm just sympathizing. Don't, no, yeah, no, fair. Um, so I made that video and I said, yeah, guys, I'm sorry. Planetside 2 content is going to take a back seat for a while. Mm-hmm. And I expected sub counts to drop and they did. Mm-hmm. I expected that. But I got an outpouring of support from people saying, yeah, we'll watch your other videos. I'm keen to see what you're going to do next. Um, now, I'm not sure if this was the YouTube algorithm at the time or if it was just people saying nice stuff for the sake of being nice and this is not a criticism of anyone by the way i i fully support everyone's wish to watch what they want they shouldn't be felt feel the need to go through videos um that they have no interest in mm-hmm. but the numbers definitely reflected a lot of people not taking much interest in the new content on the channel so there were times where after i made that announcement i decided i would you know sort of move i, I tried titanfall for a while then i got a partnership with wargaming to do world of warships um world of warships that. that was the game i'm thinking of yeah yeah so world of warships um i did some content for that for a while but that fizzled out really quickly as well because mm. there were some big authorities in that community already and it was very very difficult to become established yeah it was heavily competitive it was a insane market and it was very um not biased but it was very tailored as far as timings were concerned to the european and north american market which oh. obviously being here in Australia, quite difficult to to work around when it comes to time zone con- yeah. con- contributions and stuff like that. Um, and then sort of, yeah, that was, that was that journey. I tried out a bunch of different games. Then I decided, I think early in 2019, I started, sorry, no. Um, oh yeah, around early 2019, I started getting back into Planetside, making more videos about Planetside again. And I noticed uh, obviously a spark in view accounts because that's what people knew me for. Right. So I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned from that is, again, a matter of balance, trying to work out, not not severing ties, not burning bridges um, over a, an irrational sort of, you know, yeah, this will get some views. This will be a clickbait title. Let's do it. Um, it, it taught me the importance of sort of sh- strategizing how you're going to apply content in the long run how you're going to try and introduce new ideas to a community and then sort of carrying that further if it was to work, you know? So are there any yeah. games that you're, you're eyeing for content in the near future? I, I, I definitely want to do a one-off video about Squad, which just went 1.0. Okay. Uh, came out of it. What is Squad? Came out of it. Squad, it's, it's a Milsim, sort of, I say Milsim-esque mm-hmm. game. 100 players on a map. Um very realistic like oh we're talking like one shot one kill damage models that sort of stuff um and they've just gone 1.0 they're the same guys it's 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 members from the team who did the battlefield 2 project reality mod i don't know if you're familiar with that one at all um no it's basically imagine sort of a battlefield-esque game where you know you can't magically heal yourself you need to get a medic to come heal you um you know you can die in one shot to the head there's Mm -hmm select classes you can play um spawn points aren't tied to capture points they're tied to forward operating bases that squad leaders set up that sort of stuff there's a lot of logistics and a lot of like the combat's there but it's also very logistically um focused as well but it's a game that i've um dabbled in in the past and often had some pretty good reception for so i definitely want to go back and do another video on that one now that it's come out of early access so 
something something on the radar as well but that's yeah. exciting it, yeah no i i they've now got like helicopters in the game too which was not there when i was last there so that'll be exciting to check mm -hmm. out i think mm -hmm. so um do you feel like, like you pretty strongly identify with this like multiplayer military shooter kind of genre yeah without a doubt like i've tried to make i, I tried a planet zoo let's play a while ago because that's like a guilty pleasure game for me off stream okay um and yeah, that 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 got nothing as far as views were concerned. I did like four episodes on it, a couple of builds, and it got nowhere because I'm not known for that. None of my audience were really keen on that sort of demographic. Okay. Um. So I decided, yeah, no, I'll I'll leave that as a off stream guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So it's just it's just one of those things like you need to sort of yeah really balance it and. There's a lot of games I do enjoy playing, but I know for a fact that if I try and bring that content to YouTube, the return on investment would be barely anything, essentially. Right. I think that I um, I watched an interview that Co Carnage, big Twitch streamer, most people know him, yep. Um, yep. did sort of recently, and he talked uh, about a concept that I think a lot of people have said in different ways, which is that when thinking about content for you to do, it needs to be like, you need to look at three corners of a triangle. One corner is mm. games I want to play. One corner yep. is games that, that the, that my community or the world wants to see me play. And then the yep. last corner is, um, crap. I can't think of what it was, but it's, it, it's essentially a combination of, you need to have the games you choose to focus on for content, check a few different boxes. You have to be passionate mm. about it yourself. Otherwise people will detect you're just doing it for the for the results and it has to be something that yeah. actually people want to see and yep. you have to be able to actually achieve it like yeah you, you don't want to try yep. to do like a, like a high level valorant thing if you're not actually good at shooters no um and that's exactly and that's it like people have you know in the past asked me oh you should play this game you should play that game i'm like really not into it so yeah. it's like and it's like i i like as much as i understand that you enjoy that game and you think it's cool i'm not going to be the content creator that's going to bring you content on that game you want to see right so yeah it's 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 one of the i think that's one of the biggest steps for content creation out there you need to find something that's enjoyable for you because then you instantly tick the tick the tick the box of being passionate for it mm -hmm. and therefore your content will be genuine but you also need to find something that you can quickly establish yourself as either an authority or sort of a a symbol, if you will, some like something that people can say, yes, this person is enjoying what they're doing here. I want to get behind that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Find something that people can like. The way I think about it when I do these podcasts is being a conduit for people. Um, sure. Yeah. I think that there are ideas that are worth spending a lot of time with and talking out, and just yep. the, the the way to achieve maximum depth on any on any discussion between two people is just doing this what we're doing right now the only 100%. thing that would make it better is if we were in the same room which i, I know I right yeah yeah someday someday Some, one of these days when covid restrictions have lifted yeah yes oh. it will be a good day so how like um speaking of covid and like maybe this is a good point to pivot a little bit um how is lockdown sure. going down under like what's so like i've i've been very lucky um okay I live in the ACT, the Capital Territory of Australia. Okay. It's a small little outcrop of New South Wales that people barely know about, which is fair enough. Um, but we actually are quite lucky. We've had, I think, around 100 cases here 
we oh, wow. we closed clubs down instantly and we closed like we we started social distancing we never actually went into a hard lockdown um and yeah as a result of that we basically we escaped the worst of it we escaped the worst of it 100% like mm-hmm. 3 hours down the road from us is sydney and in that first little outbreak that was the hot spot yeah um and then this time around it's in victoria 8 hours south from me okay and they're just coming out of lockdown now because they've actually been playing it pretty smart uh-huh. um, after after their lockdown. So um, yeah, it's been a it's it was it was it, I was sort of lucky, but I did actually uh, um, make the decision to take time off work. I actually contacted my manager when the first outbreak hit us, and we mm-hmm. started seeing cases here. And I said, "Look, I've got family members who've just come out of like surgery and stuff like that." I'm not playing this risk game. I work in a front facing retail environment. Right. Um, and I said to him, I'm taking three months off. Um, put me on casual if you want. I'll see you in three months. Smart dude. And uh, yeah, well, I'm, that I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I could afford to do it. Right. Um, so yeah, we, I, I made that call. And I, I worked on content for three months. I worked on the channel. So yeah, um, I had something to do. Sounds like it was, it was like, kind of like I got like if I were in your spot, that was to make a fun change of pace to me. Like the idea of taking three months off my good. job to just do content, like yeah, it, it was a fun change of pace. It was certainly a wake up call as to what content creation would be like on a full time scale. Oh yeah, like yeah, how is that? Like, what did you find? It, it's you have to treat it like I I I had to wake like I couldn't um sleep until eleven a.m. like uh-huh. I would on a weekend. I had to wake up at eight. I'd have a shower, I'd have breakfast, and then I would work eight hours a day on uh-huh. content. And then that would be my, and then I'd turn off. But it felt weird knowing that I was sitting at my desk and I'm like, okay, I'm now on the clock. I have to be doing stuff for eight hours now. If uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not actually working. Mm-hmm. And that and that was interesting to me. Like, you know, the whole, yes, I'm working from home, but I'm working on something I enjoy, but I'm tr- kind of treating it like a, a temp job. It didn't, it felt weird. It mm-hmm. felt strange almost supernatural which i'm sure a lot of people who are lucky enough in the industry to get that far sort of have that feeling as well mm-hmm. mm. right gaming is one of those things that so many of us arrive to as like a, a retreat or an escape and exactly to, to 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 apply that level of discipline to it i i haven't done what yeah. you did like for me it it, it it means spending my after dinner hours uh, two or three nights a week but uh yeah. it even in that small amount it feels weird to me too yeah, well, that's that's sort of back where I am now. Like whenever I've got a day off, mm-hmm. I'm working on content now. And a lot of people are like, oh, you just sit at home and play games all day. It's like, not really. I'll spend maybe three hours recording stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be script writing. I'll be editing. I'll be, you know, I'll be doing other stuff. Like it's it's not necessarily just like you're actually working on other stuff while you're doing that. Like my last montage took, I think, think two months to make and that was that was like just a majority of editing and stuff like that after getting the shots you know a video of yours i was really impressed by recently is the the implant review you did that the tier list thank you yeah that must take an enormous amount of work i have i still have the 50 png files on my computer that were the overlay graphics (laughs) and there's a photoshop file for each of them too so (laughs) yeah there was 50 photoshop files um and then, unbeknownst to me, there were some mistakes in them still afterwards. I, we we premiered it on the channel that night when it was ready, and there were some mistakes in the video. I thought, oh, for sake. 
so yeah it's it's one of those things that yeah that that video was one of the biggest informative endeavors endeavors i've taken in a very long time uh-huh did it mm. have the success that you hoped it would uh it it's it's actually yeah that's been one of my most successful videos this year so uh-huh. that was that was actually a really nice sort of uh, sort of a nice thing to see some good results to see yeah. it's it's still getting views to this day so hard work big payoff yeah sort of yeah thanks man like it it it, it was one of those videos that actually did pay off quite nicely in the long run it was yeah, it was rewarding to see that after yeah. the amount of hours. You know, you've uh, created a problem for yourself though, because you got to do another yeah. one in a year. Like, God damn it! <laughs> no, no one else is doing this, comedy. You're you're the yeah. the implantierless right. guy now. I I am I am like so yeah sure, that's that's exactly it. I'm glad you hung on to those Photoshop files. So I'll I'll be tuned oh, in. Like I'll be watching the the how long ago was this video put out? Eleven months, twelve months. All right, time to watch out for uh time to do another tier list twenty. 2020 uh, 2021 tier list here we come rel you know if you're still here mate i need some new implants to work off of all right buddy that's right <laughs> i need some content rel hook us hook a brother up <laughs> i'll be curious oh, to see where God firestorm fits on that list when that happens oh me too me too i haven't actually used it since the nerf so uh-huh. it's um but i know i had some very angry people like throwing obscenities at me uh yeah. when i got nerfed um so that was fun yeah, a lot of drama around that implant. Um, yeah, it, it kind yeah, of it illustrates I, a lot of the ways that con- live content development can go a little sideways. I think. Yeah, I agree. And um, I yeah, I when I when I posted that video because I, I I had my reservations about the implant from the get go. Uh-huh. I, I saw what was coming and I thought, Jesus, okay. Um, but I I didn't want to make a video before I got my hands on it. I needed I needed to test it. Right. So I spent that entire weekend that I was actually still quote unquote locked down at the time. So I mm-hmm. had the time to do it. I finished the summer directive in a weekend, the weekend it came out. And then I started testing out the implant and sort of confirmed my, um, confirmed my suspicions. And I was like, yeah, okay, I need to make a video on this because I need to act as a point of feedback here. And I, I tried to, I tried to not rant because I've done that in the past mm-hmm. and it was a, bad idea like I've, I've learned my lesson to make sure that i when i do a video i'm not just ranting for the sake of ranting i'm actually providing some sort of constructive feedback and criticism and reasoning behind my thoughts right and the day after i made that video yeah rel rel just said yeah, yeah they made balance changes to it um the day after and people came into my twitch chat the day after and said you've just ruined an implant i spent all weekend grinding for you know Oh, they blamed ins- you for your ins- feedback. They blamed me because they oh. saw the feedback I put and then the reaction that came out from the developers after that and they associated that with me. Oh, shit. Um, so I did cop a lot of flack for it. And like, I don't, I don't, I really don't care like when I cop flack for that sort of stuff. Like I have my opinions, yeah. people have theirs. It's just, it's just how these things go. Yeah. Um, but people were not happy. <laughs> people were not happy. And, uh, yeah, no. I think it's something that Rel, who's who's actually talking about this in the chat right now, um, can mm. can identify with is being a magnet for uh, negative feedback, even when it's not necessarily <sighs> got anything directly to do with you. Um, yeah. He so while you were talking about um that experience of making the review for the implant, uh, Rel said that uh he actually feels bad about making balance changes just after a video review comes out, <laughs> and he's been on both sides of that. Uh, both uh, yeah. the, the developer ruining the review and uh the the reviewer getting his review ruined by the developer. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Shoes there. Oh, dude, I I know it all too well. It's 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 fine. Like I I, I was happy that the change was made so quickly because uh-huh. I was I was actually pleased to see that happen. Like I I wanted I wanted Firestorm changed as soon as possible. I was not uh-huh. happy with it. I knew people who were quitting the game because they saw it coming and they thought, nah, not a chance. I'm not not keen on this at the moment. Okay. Um so yeah, like it's I'm I'm I, I don't like again as much fun as, as as good as it is to have a video remain relevant for as long as possible, change needs to happen. And if you create content in the way of acting as a point of feedback and the developers then act on that feedback, I think that's more rewarding than a video being valid for for long. It's it's more rewarding than an evergreen complaint video. Yeah, you don't like to see those, right? No, 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 no. Like I think if anything, that that's a testament to how willing the developers are to listen to community feedback and act on it. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather have an active development team on that front than a than a quiet one and have a video of mine do well for months on end because of it. Yeah. Like I think. Yeah. I and think that's certainly a um yeah, the better way to go. Yeah, I, I think you're right, man. And I think we've really seen RPG up their game this year. With um without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. I think the 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 transparency and the ability to communicate with community and the ability to take on board feedback from the community has been probably a night and day comparison mm-hmm. between what it's been in previous years. Yeah. Um, and I got to really give a testament to RPG for that. It's, right. This this year has felt like a much more involved experience from the wider community and from content like content creators as well. I feel as though I've also had a really good opportunity to to speak with developers. Um, and you know sort of get an idea of what they're thinking and we can get an idea of you know we can we can share that with the community as well and it's just a it's a really it's been a really solid relationship this year i think as a result yeah i've seen that too i mean i've I've spoken Mm. to rel i mean i'm like i'm I'm the proof yeah um or i'm one of the the ways that that's proof he's talking to talked spoken with a bunch of people um yeah yeah and i think that too that seeing that communication, seeing the oh. iteration, the quick iteration yep. on feedback, yep. is like a signal that people see. And yeah. the way people act on that signal is going to vary. Most people, maybe they'll just log in and play some more, but a lot of people who are in a position to be creators or community leaders oh. will make the choice to step up when in previous years they would say, not worth my time. Um, yeah, yeah. When you, yeah, when there's, when there's that sign of, your when you see it's like what we were talking about earlier you know how like that meaningful response that meaningful feedback that meaningful um validation i guess when you see developers react organically to that feedback it makes it feel meaningful and therefore more community members are going to make that extra effort yeah i think it yeah so that totally totally and i'm 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 going back in my head too to earlier in the conversation i talked about how you're conceiving reality as a series of games, different inputs and outputs. Yep. yep. The thing that makes a game worth playing in in the game of, of life is if the skills you develop in a game have relevancy to other valuable games, right? Sure. And like, that's one of the things I like about doing content because it's not just game specific, but um, no. I think people see that playing the game of planet side has relevance in the world now in a way that it did not before. And so you see like there's this great community news site that just popped up out of nowhere and they did an uh-huh. interview with Andy sites, which was fantastic. Um, different, yep. different perspective on the game, different voices. I loved seeing that. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm seeing other planet side podcasts of people who I've never never heard, never heard from before. But like I'm like, oh, what's this? Like this is interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you seen the community come out, um, That's and it. it is fantastic for the game for that to happen. Uh-huh. It will uh-huh. take time. It will take a a. It will take having that effect build up over time to create a different public perception of the game than than Perhaps. it's earned over the last few years. I think. But if they yeah, if they keep you, up the momentum, it'll happen. That's it. And like when you that's the thing when you've got one person crying at the praises of a game, people may see that and go, "Oh, it's just one fanboy, you know, trying to really blast blast it like that." But if you see a collective of people doing it and a collective of people contributing, then it then it seems more valid. Mm-hmm. And like I I always I always encourage like new content creators to come on board here, and do their best work, challenge themselves to come up with something new that the community hasn't seen or reinvent what we're already doing. You know, mm-hmm. like, sure, I may right now be one of the weapon review guys in the community. Doesn't mean that has to be forever. Like, yeah. come out and redefine what a weapon review is. Igo Raw has done an excellent job there. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's not focusing on statistics as much as we do. Like, you know, people like myself and Rel will spend, like, half the video talking about what the stats mean yeah yeah exactly yeah we'll talk about yeah fall off ranges recoil values stuff Mm -hmm. like that yeah but then i go raw he lists i think rate of fire damage he talks about the recoil briefly but there's like no visuals to back it up Mm -hmm. and then he's that's like the first two minutes Mm -hmm. and then seven minutes onwards he's talking about the feel of the gun and he's talking about how he likes to use it and whether he actually thinks it's objectively good or not and that's a that's a unique perspective on the weapon review. And he, the way in which he talks about you know his planet side e dick and stuff like that, and like how he's <laughs> you know really swinging it around because he's a raxium this gun that he hates using, like that's a <laughs> unique take on everything. And it's just it's it's taking an idea and making it your own. And the more we have people doing that, the healthier the community conversation gets. I think. And it, right on. It, it's just a way to really bolster the content that's existing for this game right now. I think you're right, man. And I think it's good to see. Cheers. Good to see. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. 100%. I think there's also room out there for someone to do joke weapon reviews. I'm not sure if that's a thing that anyone's doing. Some I think, I think comedy. that's... Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, oh, I go raw is sort of... Like, that's sort of what he's doing, give or take. Okay. It's... it's it's No, it's not joke weapon I'm reviews. I'm not familiar, like, enough, familiar enough with this man's content. I need to check him out. Yeah, I go definitely raw. check him out. Okay. Yeah, I go raw. It's yeah, he's a really, really good creator. Um, yeah, Yamix actually, yeah, Rel's right. Yamix did some yep. really good stuff. That's right. In the day, I like Yamix stuff. Yeah, yeah, Yamix was Yamix was really, really on the hyperbole of content in that way, and it was fantastic. Um, give me a. I just need to go to the bathroom, my man. Um, yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah, take five. No worries. I'll hang out with the chat. Oh, good, sure, I'll be right back, man. Okay. All right. What's up, chat? Should we have a look at a recent I go raw video? I think you would mind. We'll pull an Asmund gold. Use someone else's content. Hey, what's up, everyone in the chat? Henry Boozer, Rel, Lee Jones, Twitch, Rogue Wolf. I see Lex poking his head in. How's everyone doing tonight? Okay, throw this man a sub. The Equinox Burst, Condensate Grenade, the Maw, the Horizon. I'm going to pick a weapon that I actually know about. So the Horizon is a, is a Vanu uh, carbine. I actually know about this weapon. All right. Enjoy, chat. 
If you like it, throw this kind of stuff in a like. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Igorard. Welcome to Let's Araxium, the show where I wave my planet's ID dick around for the entire internet to see. And today we're going to be taking a look at not the Pulsar C, so really, who gives a shit? I mean, sorry, we're going to be taking a look at the Pulsar C? Great weapon. Great weapon. What have I missed? Horizon. Oh, we're just, <sighs> I, I was just pulling up uh, uh, Igorar's review of the Horizon. Oh, hell yeah. We only got a few seconds in, but one of the first things he said is, it's not the Pulsar, so who cares? Which I, I kind of get. <laughs> Pulsar is a beautiful feeling gun. Oh my god, that was, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Now that the, the main beautiful, event's back, I'll uh, refocus. Oh. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, everyone go check that out, for sure. Yeah, 100%. I go RAR. Although it seems like I might be the only one who's not familiar with this content, so maybe I'm just behind the curve there. Um, yes, more content. More content is good. Mm. Yep, yep. I, I I think the more we can get, like, remember back when, like, some of the older names I remember from way back in the day, STO Youngblood, Drank the Kool-Aid Man, um, Drathomus mm -hmm. Gaming, Zoran the Bear, all big names. Um, Mulkas, he's still around to a certain yeah. extent. Um, and his is. videos have always been a staple, I think, in some regard. Yeah, um, he's the, uh, the, the montage guy. It is the montage guy. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone out there who can do a better montage than Mulcast at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I just, yeah, I think having that variety out there is just incredible. It's, it's something that's absolutely a necessity. Most other communities have it for big games. You've got creators who focus on different aspects and that by, by having creators that focus on different aspects of the game and therefore sort of, fill the needs of different audience members you'll see more people attach themselves to that content which helps with youtube algorithm it helps with the discoverability and it yeah spreads things out over time mm -hmm. and you know one of my favorite things about having the world of content for a game be bigger is it leaves mm -hmm. room for i'll be honest guys like me who like to play planet side like hardcore for like two months out of the year and then yep. you play other stuff for 10 months yep. and then come back to it mm -hmm. and I'll actually like I'm I'm one of these 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 guys and I'm not sure what group this puts me in, but I usually stay sub to the game even when I'm not playing it because I like to support yep. it and I want to see it succeed and I feel like I'm putting money in over time that's going to pay off when I come back because when I come back I'll see some results and yeah, there sure. have been previous years where I have not felt as as excited about that because um, when I would come back the the only content that that felt exciting to me were were, were the other players the rest of the community and. Mm. That's a great thing about Planet Side, but it's a great thing about any multiplayer game. Like True. The it's kind of like saying a game well, is fun with friends. Well, I mean, any game is every fun game with friends. Every game is fun with friends. Exactly. Yeah. So Yeah, the only exception the only exception to that I would say would be the Call of Duty franchise, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Do you have strong opinions about Call of Duty we need to talk about? Uh no, no, no. I actually like I actually I liked the recent Modern Warfare game. Um it's just yeah, I just the amount of times I've had obscenities thrown at me that I didn't know exist. Um, and I'm Australian, <laughs> so that says a lot. Um, <laughs> it, Let's talk uh, about yeah, that for really... a second, about about sure. being an Australian member of the Planetside community. So Yeah, right. So tell me about Briggs. I know that Briggs has a story, oh, and I think it needs to be told. Yeah, Briggs. Aye, aye, aye. I really hope I do this justice. Because... Let's have it. Yeah, sure. Um so Briggs was the little known server of Planetside based in out in Sydney, Australia. Um, you know, it was a was it was a was a it was never the most populated. It never was. I think on launch we had a thousand players, and that's okay. at launch. So only ever one continent open at a time. 
um and you know it was good it was a it was a really really solid environment and one thing that helped out there was the community um the briggs community was definitely the closest community i've ever seen mm. um there was a time where it was the most active server-based subreddit um huh. like they had they had a weekly um they had a weekly newscast where they just did shout outs and they like they actually had moderators that were keeping up with them doing weekly newscasts they were That's doing so cool <laughs> yeah um it was it was a really really nice server culture and i think one thing that really cemented how much i loved that community for me personally um one i was doing a video series way back when rel will remember this because he was also um tasked with helping out with this video series as well um where Planet Side was going for its world record event. Um, oh, and the Guinness one, right? The Guinness one, yeah. Right. Um, and I think the Planet Side Battles guys had asked content creators to punch out a bunch of small two-minute-long videos introducing elements of the game to the community that were watching. Um, so we went ahead and did that. Um, one video that I decided to make as a subsequent to my intro to that was a, a guide to infantry classes in the game. Um, a guide to infantry and i wanted to get a lot of really specific footage for it i wanted to get a lot of made-up shots i didn't want to just go out and film stuff i wanted to go out and actually get a set of a set of footage of, of particular shot lists essentially like, like sort of like, like post shots like pseudo machinima like almost exactly correct okay. um so i did up my script i did up my commentary and then i said okay here's what i want and i posted to the planet side briggs subreddit and i said hey guys I want to do this to help out new players in the game. I want to get this video out. Does anyone want to come and help act as a body double for us? Um, and the end result was 70 people from all three factions. Uh, we all met in TeamSpeak, went to a, sep uh, a certain area of the map, and we filmed. Huh. Um, there was no issues. No one tried to kill each other unless I instructed them to. Um, <laughs> No spawn options are killed. And the result was a really fun filming session that spawned my introduction, uh, that spawned my introduction to um, infantry in video in Planet Side 2. Mm -hmm. And it also spawned, in my opinion, a hilarious bloopers reel that also went up onto YouTube the day after. Huh. Um, and it was just <laughs> like it was uh -huh. it was a really it was a really nice sort of way for me. Like that to me was that to me was pinnacle briggs it was just the briggs um culture it was the briggs like there there were people there willing to help out and that to me was really really special mm -hmm. um and it, it just it just went to show how far the briggs server camaraderie really stretched it was it was just it was the different it was a it was a very unique server thanks to its size and for that reason i thoroughly enjoyed it i, mm -hmm. I really just loved what the server could accomplish and sort of the vibe it had about you know mm -hmm. yes i think it was a real community um, moment uh yeah it was and i've never ever seen uh, even on connery like I'll, I'll put out requests for video footage to be filmed and stuff like that mm -hmm. and sometimes it, it it ticks off and we you know the most recent example of that was the bastion smash we had about a week ago mm -hmm. um a lot of a lot of outfits came out and participated in that it was awesome but you know that was that was pretty simple though to organize it was just you know let's get three factions to beat the snot out of each other at a in a bastion smash mm. like this event had three factions in a in a war in in a in a you know if you wanted to kill someone you could 
environment and everyone played ball. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was really special in the name of, in the name of helping me create something. And it's just something that I don't think I've ever experienced up until this day on another server yet. Yeah. You kind of expect in a game like Planet Side, which is a sandbox PVP game that any attempt to, any attempt to apply order or bring people together is just going to fall to pieces because people can't control themselves, but it didn't. That's it. And that's exactly right. And there, there were times in the bloopers where you could see me slowly starting to lose grip on the order. But uh, <laughs> but overall, it was just a, it was a server that was willing to help each, like it was a server of mates. And I think being Australian, you know, mateship is a big part of culture here. Uh-huh. And it's just something that I think really showed in a server where it was literally all Australians together. The mateship of Bricks. Mm. What What is being a mate? mean for the for us non-Aussies I, I think it's just it's just being a friend uh-huh. but like I don't know mate I I, I guess every, like friendship's a big part of every culture but you know in Australia you know when disaster like for example our bushfires earlier in the year yeah. um yeah you know, there was a lot of you know people helping out a lot of people supporting each other a lot of people helping out their neighbors that sort of stuff like it really went a long way and I think another thing that solidified that too was our first server smash experience mm-hmm. um, where literally every outfit on the server had to fill, fill the role. Um, otherwise there weren't enough players to actually participate in the server smash. Right. And that was also really cool to, to see too. And it's sort of like you go from fighting these, these people on a day-to-day basis to actually fighting alongside them for a community event. It sort of makes the experience a bit more personal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those are the moments that, for me, I always, I always, like, there are days where I log in and I'll make a video that doesn't get any traction or I'll play a game that I don't actually enjoy playing and, or yeah. I'll, I'll get stuck into a loop with a horrendous game like World of Warcraft where I'm, I'm hate playing it for months and months on end. <laughs> um, yep. And I, you go through all those experiences just so you can get to the moments like those mm. where mm. you feel like a really meaningful human moment happened over games yeah yeah it's hard to get those um i i yeah i feel like we had a similar moment to that a little bit um it was it was fleeting but um i'm thinking about earlier this year when the alpha testing for outfit wars was going on um, true were you involved with that at all no i um i missed the play test because time uh-huh. zones and stuff never oh, agreed of course. with me on that yeah it, it was on yeah. I, I remember now it was on north american friendly that yeah, would have been yeah, I guess early in the day for you, um, but anyway, yeah, and probably um, on a work day too. But yeah, but what was so cool about that is a bunch of like over a hundred Planetside players, not under NDA, play tested this thing and didn't tell a soul. Yeah, that that was really cool as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's that's sort of that gentleman's agreement. I think yeah, right. it really goes a long way. Yeah, because there, there was there was no NDA, there was no signed NDA, mm-hmm. but the devs did say, please keep this hush hush. Right, um, and they honored it just for the for the sake of being a good community member, which I think is really important. Yeah, it really showed something to me because I think it would have been mm. very easy for. And there are a lot of people who didn't like Outfit Wars in the iteration, and a lot of people from that group no. who never who never liked it. But yeah, we all were patient enough to let it come out and be what Rogue Planet wanted it to be. And yeah, without a doubt, to see a bunch of salty long bitter hardcore planet side players do that 
in in on mass it's like uh it's like uh having the grinch his heart grow you know it's it reminds you there's some good in the world isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's yeah. like uh the the, the the Christmas Day truce, or uh, you know, those kinds of moments. I mean, I'm I'm overplaying yeah. it a little bit, I'm sure, but I love those no, moments. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, hundred percent. And yeah, to sort of loop back, I think that's what made Briggs special. When, like, I remember we had a we 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 did an Anzac Day thing too one year, um, where we had members from each outfit meet on one of the bases on Amrish, and we did a twenty one gun salute and stuff like that. Like, it was mm-hmm. just cool little stuff like that. Um, I'm looking yeah. at what Anzac Day is. Um, what is I Anzac think it's, Day? It's, it's to do with um, the soldiers that um, uh, invaded Gallipoli from uh, the like the Anzacs. I think it was like one of our first, one of our most major tours in World War One. That sort Got of it. stuff. Got it. So yeah. like, like a Memorial Day or a Veterans Day. Kind of yeah, yeah, Memorial Day, but Australian version right. essentially. Yeah, makes, makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, learning new things all the time. Um, <laughs> So Briggs was a small community that kind of punched mm-hmm. above its weight in a lot of ways, it sounds like, in terms of community presence. Um, yeah, sure. Briggs no longer exists today. How? What mm. happened? Um, so there was one very key event that sort of really tarnished, not, not the community itself. It had nothing to do with the community. It was very much to do with... Um, uh, actually a technical difficulty that uh, that occurred on at the time SOE's end mm. um Sony Online Entertainment's end um Briggs went through the period we call log inside um ask any Briggs or not about this they will remember exactly what you're talking about i think it was please please someone in chat tell me if i get this wrong but i'm pretty sure it was early 2014 to about mid 2014 that the server exclusively just Briggs suffered major login issues mm. um you'd be sitting there watching the little logging in wheel spin for about 10 minutes. And sometimes it would kick you back out and say, yeah, no, we can't get you in. Um, and that was an ongoing issue for months. And the server was already sort of on its life support. It was still going, like there was still fights there, but it wasn't, it wasn't what you would see on Emerald or Connery on a prime night. Yeah. Um, and when that happened, it just killed any momentum the server had left. Um, yeah. People were leaving in droves people weren't going to come back to the game because it was the, it was the only Australian server um, and they had so much time invested on it that they just, they just gave up. And when we came back to the game after login side was finally fixed, you could tell the population had taken a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and when planet side stops feeling like planet side, as far as scale is concerned, it's really hard to come back from that. So as a result, the, the server just died. It just it started to dwindle away. Um, it actually stayed up a lot longer than I thought it was going to, because mm-hmm. um, I I basically decided I need I, I decided I'm going to step away from Briggs um, a while in, and yeah, we just sort of got to the point where you weren't playing PlanetSide anymore. You were playing Call of Duty on a 64 by 64 squared map, which. Yeah let's be honest, is not what Planet Side's built for. True. Um, and it's a shame, um, but it is what it is. And, you know, I, while I do miss 30 ping, I enjoy playing on a server that actually represents the game of Planet Side a whole lot more. Right. So, yeah, it, Which is it, it was it was a Connery. sucky thing to go. Connery, exactly. Yeah. West Coast um, US server. 
correct. Yeah, I ended up on um, Connery because that was just the most agreeable ping at the time and still is to this day, believe it or not, with Soltech even active as well. Right. Soltech, the, uh, where is Soltech located again? J- Japan. Japan for mm. our, our Asian planet side pr- players. But I know a lot of them. Yep. Uh, Soltech had a, had a history, a spotted history as well where it was a thing mm. and then it wasn't and it became a thing again. It, I might am I remembering yeah. that correctly? I don't I don't know. I know there's been a lot of server closures and openings over the years. There was a China server I'm pretty sure. Okay. There was a Chinese there was a Chinese client and a Chinese server. Now I could be wrong there, so please anyone do correct me if that is wrong, but I do mm-hmm. believe that is what was happening and then they closed down that server. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um and then they reopened it in Japan in Tokyo, I believe. Um so yeah, and you sort of see a, a mixture of Briggs players between Connery and, and Soltech now. Mm-hmm. Oh. A community split. Sad. It is because, well, when Briggs was closed, it was merged with Soltech. Mm-hmm. Um, but a oh, lot of Briggs and Orts, yeah, had already moved over to Connery, right? Had already either already moved over to moved over to Connery, um, or. Uh, then move their Soltech account to Connery because they were given the option to transfer for 30 days. Uh, but anyone who missed that transfer window got stuck on Soltech. Um, okay. a, a lot of Australian players who come back to the game now will see that their character's on Soltech and notice that their outfit's on Connery. It's happened a few times now. So that's frustrating. Just one of those un- yeah, it's just one of those unfortunate things that... And I can understand why the devs haven't allowed server transfers to be a thing, like technical hurdles and stuff like that. Um, but it is, it is one of those things that it, it, it can be frustrating for those players. Certainly. And a shame, too, that it was all precipitated by a, a, a login issue that, that was outstanding for months. I don't know yeah, what it took to solve yeah. that problem. And I don't know. It, I'm, I'm trying to cast my head back to what, what the studio was like in 2014. Um, we, I think back then we were in the, the T-Ray and the Higby days. Right, early. Um, yeah, and we were... I, I remember we were we were campaigning essentially to, mm-hmm. to get we we there was some time where the Briggs community thought they weren't being heard um because we were the smaller server mm-hmm. um and it, it just it became it, it became almost yeah it became almost political to a certain extent like oh. how aggressively we were campaigning to get our server fixed um but yeah it unfortunately it, it the damage was done pretty early on so it was it, some people came like a lot of people did come back, but again the momentum was done. It was yeah, just unfortunate. Yeah, and so today those players are split across Soltech and Connery. It sounds like I know I saw um, in Outfit Wars the very first one hit the uh, I guess they call it Alpha One now. Uh, Alpha One, yeah. Uh, uh, Pale Tiger and his Space Pigs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Were competitors. Uh, <laughs> What a what a match that was! Still <laughs> yeah. remember, I still remember casting it to this day. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's here's an, my another brilliantly planned pivot. Um, this was perfect. Yeah. Now that we yeah I I planned this well in advance. It's all going according to plan. Um, yep. 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 So outfit wars, you mm. had the chance to cast I think alongside Commander Sirius, right? Correct. And big shout out to him for coming on and you know joining me on that cast. It was great to have who has essentially been a representative of Connery since the inception, as far as I'm aware, mm-hmm. they're, you know, acting as a, as a voice of authority there as well. It was, it was really good. He sort of, 
helped me bounce off uh, to, to bounce ideas off and conversation points off. Cause at that point I was also, I think, let me do the math. Um, I think I was 13 hours into a 24 hour stream as well oh. on that day. Yikes. Um, so no more than that, like 16 hours, give or take. Um, so it was good to have him there and I was really, really thankful for him showing up, but yeah, the outfit was, I really enjoyed casting as a result of it. It was just, it was so much fun to see that sort of, to see that sort of aspect of planet side come to light. What aspect like a, is that? Sort of like a community event with a competitive edge. I, I remember I actually listened to your guys' podcast on this on outfit wars okay and i remember you guys mentioning the element of it being a community event with a competitive edge mm-hmm. and how important that is and i couldn't agree more like i i really the, the format copped a lot of smack but i always will stand by the format because that's what planet side is the three factions the combined arms correct the, the platoon size forces Correct. Like I, I stand by that format because if it was just if it was a one v one, you'd have probably three lanes of attack down three lattices probably, mm-hmm. um, and it would just be those two factions butting heads against you know butting heads against each other for the whole forty five minutes, trying to make ground. It would, in my opinion, really just come down to who could you know snag the middle territory first and call it there. But the three faction. The three faction split gave us an opportunity to see what would happen if you had that third factor. If you had that, if, if what, what would happen to the planet side to experience if you remove the population variance? Mm-hmm. And that to me was the most exciting part, seeing mm. what would happen if TR and NC were duking it out, but then one other faction had to think about the Vanu all of a mm-hmm. sudden and what they were doing. Um, and I think it also really showed what strategy would look like on the cusp of maintaining it what's going for maintaining expectations and maintaining the amount of hate you draw to yourself between the other two factions yeah there's like and like a like a disinformation campaign almost yeah like this it's sort of like an espionage sort of thing against it like uh-huh. it's the same thing you see on live with the with the with the meltdown alerts you know one faction one faction uh you know starts an alert with the majority pop they're going to get double teamed for an hour and a half unless right. they play it smart and which is what and you that, see in outfit wars and it was one of the big complaints I, I that we keep hearing which is if exactly. you're if you're the number one seed you're screwed because you get double teamed exactly and maybe there's truth to that but we also saw like i and i i think back to the the one i paid the most attention to which was the emerald match that that cycle because i was yep. I was actually playing with Bushido Way at that time, and B-Way came into yep. that match, the number one seed, and they started off getting reamed. It did not work for them. Um, mm-hmm. I think Guardian Shield was on the NC side, and um, yep. but they figured it out mid-match, and mm-hmm. they came back, and they, they made it happen, really showing how flexible yep. and strong they were. Um, yep. I love the idea of, of having the, Errol just called it on chat, metagame politics. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. That that is such an interesting and fun dimension for Planet Side to play into. And I, it, I agree. And I, I hear people talk about a period in Planet Side that I didn't I didn't play in. Um uh the old alert metas and um up from, mm. from back in the day where you had these really, 
really competitive and and um, uh, full of rivalries, alerts, mm. where outfits mm. were competing against each other. And, uh, uh, you know, you'd have stream sniping or people spying on each other. I, mean, I don't know all the, everything that went into it, but people speak in glowing terms about that, that period of the game. And yep. trying to channel that into something where people can easily watch it, like um, like in an outfit wars, where you know when to go where, and it's 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 a planned event on a stream. Um, yeah, it's all good ideas, but Planet Side continues to be a complicated thing, and I think exactly. that there are also very loud voices out there who expect a more pure approach to a competitive format and are baffled yep. by why you wouldn't try to narrow Planet Side to what is considered to be the meta competitive way to play to get a more yep. a more consistent inputs like if if you're the best player you should always win that is not what outfit war seems to be about right now or no, was not no no uh, yeah was not because we we're seeing a new iteration in development right now and yeah. we have i have no idea what's going to do you have any idea like do you have the inside scoop Rel, can you give us I a clue? I, yeah Rel, you want to you want to <laughs> drop us a little hint here buddy um like, I think one of the joys of Outfit Wars is that an outfit that isn't typically regarded as being the best skilled from a shooting perspective can still come out and top the day. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we all know the underdog story. That was the first Connery Outfit War. Mm. Recursion versus DPSO versus pigs. Yes. Everyone accepted pigs to be ruffle stomped. Mm-hmm. And they st- stole it at the like and they came out on top that was something special that was something special um and in the second outfit wars too i remember this clear as day as well there was an event where i i i don't remember what server and what ranking it was because this is when all the servers were all of the matches were split up a little bit more evenly so we casters had a chance to jump between the matches and actually cast all of them yeah one of the Emerald matches, the NC, at around about the 600-point mark, were down by 150 points. Vanu were at like 725 points. There was a huge lead. Vanu had it. And the NC came out and clutched it, and they stole the victory. And that the room for that kind of clutch to exist, to, for the NC to not only fight off the Vanu and stop them from taking territory, but also keep the TR off their heels. Mm-hmm. That to me was more impressive than any 1v1 style match could ever be mm-hmm. from a strategic depth. And I think that alone makes Outfit Wars a bit more special to the planet side experience, in my opinion. Yeah. Because um, there's, there's definitely there's events out there that already cater to that. You've got the PIL, um, you've got yeah. Lane Smash, Service Smash, your more traditional 1v1 sort of leagues. Um, but Outfit Wars being the official Planet Side 2 event, it should hold every right to show off what Planet Side is from a main game perspective. I think if you've got this opportunity to show off literally, like what to show off to a potentially wider audience what your game actually is, mm-hmm. and to be 2,000 viewers strong on Twitch for a day, you should show off what your game is, not what, not what, um, the dialed down version is for a quote unquote more competitive landscape. Yeah. Yeah. And if you did that, you risk creating a, a weird impression for outsiders. Too, exactly. Right? Like a new player will come in and go, 
what the hell is this? This isn't what I saw. Yeah. What What is this game? Like, I'm confused again, which, again, hurts the new player experience even further. So, yeah, I think keeping Outfit Wars a three-way is a great way to maintain expectation with any potential new players that come through. Mm-hmm. Do you th- What feedback have you heard from people who have participated in this three-way format? Has it been your your impression that people are generally happy with their experience playing in Outfit Wars and look forward to it coming back? Or yeah. have you seen something else? What What's your general sense of what people playing in the event feel like? I mean, from the limited source of interviews I did with Outfit reps after they'd finished their match, mm-hmm. it was mainly positive. They liked the emphasis on construction. They liked the emphasis on combined arms. They liked the three-way format. The only real complaints they had were about match length and scoring systems and stuff like that. Like, you know, menial mechanics stuff that can be sorted out, but the general core concept was good. So when I do, when I see the feedback popping up on Reddit about like, cause that's where I see the majority of the negative feedback for this yeah. outfit wars style. A part of me wonders where it comes from. Like, is it coming from a position of experience or is it becoming, is it coming from a position of wishful thinking? Mm-hmm. And it do, it does it it does make me wonder mm-hmm. whether or not it's a it's a where where that feedback actually comes from based on experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, another, um, I would say, uh, example of of a a live services game that I think has weird community interactions. Um, yeah, that I've, I'm familiar with personally is a game called Guild Wars Two. Actually, came out around the same time Planet Slide did. Um, I've 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 played it. Yep. <laughs> Oh, we should we should totally pivot into a discussion about it. But um, I want to finish. <laughs> I want to finish this idea first. I love. I have not played well. it. I've not played it in years. So uh, it'd be a fun. Uh, it'd be fun. It'd be fun memory memory lane trip for me. That's maybe for sure. a new game for you to check out. Branch out. Maybe, maybe maybe make a return at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, but that game has a, has had a problem with its community, where the game made big promises, and it, um, especially sure. around 2015 when the first expansion came out, they said they're going to be a we're going to be a game about meaningful, difficult, sliding scale, five-man dungeon content. We're going to be a game about 10-man raids that are going to be fun sure. and challenging and rewarding. We're going to be a game about like arena-style PvP where your skill matters and gear means nothing. And we're going to have yep. this realm v. realm style, which is like a, a, a PvE-PvP hybrid, uh, sure. three factions, kind of planet-side-like, actually. Um, yep. And we're going to do all these things, and you're going to love it. But what that actually shook out as as the game over time focused more on the actual core content that the most players played, which was this, sure. put a new map into the game, people can explore, yep. Yep. Put, put a bunch of events into it that can be played solo or in groups, and yep. have and create a story that players can play through yep. solo to take them through the maps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people who want to raid didn't get enough raids. People who want to play five-man yep. content didn't get enough five-man content. People who want to PvP didn't get enough PvP. And this goes on for a little while, and eventually, the people who identify with those kinds of content and build uh, guilds and player communities around that content, they're starved. And yeah. if they see one of the other communities get a morsel, they get angry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why did why did they give raiders a raid? I haven't seen a fractal, which is the five man content, in two years or eighteen months. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So and, where, yeah, where's my where's my content? Yeah, right. And the community eats itself. And I, I yeah. wonder, I mean, Planicide, if any game 
it could it could be called guilty of starving its players for content. I think Planet Side is certainly one of them. Um, True. It's had a rough time. Um, it's, mm. it's, it's gone through periods where it's had like literally a handful of developers dedicated to the game mm. for months mm. and years, which is crazy. Yeah. Totally crazy yeah. for a game at this scale. Um, I'm going to interrupt you for one sec, Deeg. I've just yeah, got to go let the missus in. Oh, yeah, Gucci got it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. One sec. I will not be long. <laughs> Hold that thought. I'm... Happy wife, happy life, right, chat? I think we can all get behind that. I see Commander Sirius uh, and his posse has joined the chat. Welcome, welcome. Always a pleasure to have the commander drop by. Let's get caught up on a few things. Okay. So you have a couple of follows. Clouded, I see you just followed. Right. Welcome. Thank you. Okay. Ilandar also followed. Thank you as well. Goblin Room, oh, the Bloxer. Right. Welcome, everyone. Hey. Everything go okay? Yeah, all good. Sorry. No, uh, no honeydews. No, I have not been. Um, I've not been told I'm sleeping with the dogs tonight. So that's a good start. <laughs> yes, very good place to, to yep. start. Uh, what were yep. we? We were talking about um, so, community stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, you were talking about how, like, in Guild Wars, certain people were getting more content that fitted for their personal uses. Uh huh. And then we we were reading that back over to Planet Side and how. Mm-hmm. Like there was a starvation of content, I think was the key point right. of the day. Yeah, and and so when when I applied that that lens to the problem you raised, oh, it's on. Oh, do we have a guest? <laughs> that's that's the missus. This is Tommy. Oh, Sorry to love to see it. Okay, uh, no worries at all. A little bit of real life intruding on gamer bit time. Of, bit of IRL IRL here. Hey, I welcome it. I welcome it. Um, of course. Where else is hey too? So um, Rel said hello. <laughs> she's so confused <laughs> okay go um all right as we were so when i apply that lens of player frustration over time mm. for being yep. content starved to this yep. problem of the weird outfits uh we saw i'm sorry the weird feedback about outfit wars out uh, mm. feedback that doesn't seem to line up with what outfit reps who actually played in the event are saying um, yeah. What what I see is people who didn't get something that they felt like they've been starved of from the planet side experience, and yeah, I I yeah. I'm my intuition, and I'm curious what you think about this, is that it is overrepresented. Sorry, that players who um have that sentiment tend to be representative of the uh like the hardcore infantry planet man style way of playing the game. Yes. Yes. Um. I yeah I couldn't agree more to be honest. Um, there was a very interesting and albeit heated conversation that took place in my Twitch chat um, mm. after the announcement of the Shattered Warp Gate update, um, and actually the release of it too, where a lot of the core infantry players of the game saw that biolabs were being removed from Esmir, and they were as unhappy as they as they'd come. Um, they were fuming that their their little safe space, their little their, I say safe space. I don't mean that as a way to target anyone unnecessarily. Their 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 spot to sort of you know farm away without needing um, to worry about vehicles and stuff was being taken away from them. Hey, repairman, huge dude. Mm-hmm. Just saw that come through there as well. Um, yeah, so that that um that um that disconnect that they felt from having a part of their game removed from them and their ability mm-hmm. to no longer actually what's the word for 
do their thing without interruption. They mm-hmm. felt like that that was being taken away from them. And the counter argument I had was, well, 95% of the game is still infantry, but Planetside at its core is not an infantry centric game. It's a game that from, I, I don't want to say this and sound like I'm saying what I'm saying is right and what everyone else is saying is wrong, because that's a dangerous line to go down. Granted. But Planet Side in general, from what I can tell, is meant to be a sandbox experience. Okay. It's meant to cultivate a lot of different experiences and make them work together. Sometimes the balance of things breaks on that, which is a discussion in its own right. But one of the things I don't necessarily want to see happen to the game is it lose its is it lose its its sort of combined arms sandbox focus in favor of it being just another on the rails infantry side shooter. Mm-hmm. And when I hear a lot of people saying, well, I should be able to play infantry only and not worry about air. Like one of the one of the suggestions I had from somebody is that air vehicles and infantry should all be in the game, but they should operate under their own separate objectives 24-7. And Sounds boring. Exactly. To me, that's just, that's World of Tanks, World of Warplanes, and Call of Duty. Those games exist. Um, and they're already done in that mindset better than what Planetside could do them as. Yeah. The magic of Planetside is integrating this stuff together. And I think when I hear, when I hear complaints of, oh, it should be just infantry only, or it should be this only, it should be that only... We sort of we sort of divert from what the ga- what makes the game special, um, and of course there's always going to be the room for balanced talk and stuff like that. And I could also be hilariously wrong here. Maybe this isn't the way to go. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just for me the magic is the combined arms. It's the things coming together to create the final experience, and it's it's sort of when I see that starvation of content from people who like infantry only part of me sort of shakes my part of me sort of tilts my head in confusion and goes well 95 percent of the core objectives in this game are infantry focused Mm -hmm. so i sort of i sort of wonder why their experience lines up that way if there's Mm -hmm. anyone who to me um should be you know feeling starved for content it's the vehicle players in the game right but again i could be horribly misled there yeah Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts dig my thoughts. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I I really I'm on the same page as you, Kami, on this. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, clearly the the sauce that makes Planet Side special is big scale combined arms, yep. and the trick is finding interesting ways to do that that make yep. that make that make people feel like their time spent playing the game is rewarding. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there's a sandbox reality that we all have to acknowledge. Uh, games have gone. This is one of my personal rants about games over the last however many years uh, since the days of Planetside One, we could say, um, yeah. have gone in a direction as, as as the audience for gaming has broadened. The yep. the acceptable acceptable minimum effort that games can expect from players to enjoy those games has plummeted, and yep. um, this is and. This points to the endless discussion about new player experiences in games. Um, yes, yes, it does. But I, I don't know that I, I can't think of any games in life. And again, going back to this this game life dichotomy, game of life that yeah. are worth playing, that are easy, they're easy to approach, easy to get wins out of. If 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 a, if if 
if it's easy to get a victory in something, then the, the value of the game is not high. Um, it it feels less less meaningful. That key point about being being meaningful, right? Like if it was yeah. if it was so easy to be to be successful YouTuber or streamer, then what's the point in trying to get good at it? Like where's the reward, yeah. the payoff? Exactly. Um, it's not easy, and mm. um, I think that there's and I'm not sure how to frame this yet. So this mm. is going to be a little murky, a little sandboxy. Oh, I like it. Um, but there's there's competing promises in Planetside. Mm. And um, I heard Fair a talk right. by a gentleman from Riot Games, whose name I cannot remember, um, yep. about cursed problems in games. And sure. a cursed problem, he defines a cursed problem in a game as when a game makes core promises to the player that conflict. I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, let's say that a game promises that it's going to be friendly for everybody. You can get your friends and your family involved. This is a, everyone's going to love this game. Sure. And the game also has a complicated gear system where in order to, to get the most out of playing the game, you have to really understand and spend a lot of time getting gear. Mm -hmm. Those are conflicting promises because you can't actually approach the game casually, jump in, jump out. You actually have to understand it. It's trying to do mm, two yep. different things that that fight each other. Yep. Make sense? Yeah. Is there is there a particular game you're drawing an example from for that for that? I'm just any I'm just just think of any 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 modern MMO. Sure. Or sure, sure. You know. Yeah. But yep. um, and with Planet Side, my sense is that there are conflicting promises about um, access to play styles and force multipliers. Yeah. I actually talked to. I, I'm not, for those who saw my discussion with Aflick, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit. Um, yep. Aflick, one of his big things that he talked about is that the things that players hate about Planetside isn't getting farmed by him or other other insanely skilled infantry players. What people hate is getting getting going to a fight and getting spawn camped by air to ground. They hate mm -hmm. getting shot at through doors by tanks up on hills. Um, yeah experiences that feel like a misapplication of force multipliers like yep, you don't actually you need yep. that force to be successful in that fight no but by allowing everyone who wants to play a tank to be in a tank all the time you're opening up some interesting doors um yeah and if you yeah. really want to make everything accessible all the time the way to do that in a balanced enjoyable fashion it seems like it would be to roughly equalize the power level of everything like mm. you look at like like competitive PvP games like an Overwatch or something like that or a Valorant, yeah, sure. where sure. The, 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 the everything's different, but you try to make everything um, have a power level that's that's roughly equivalent. Um, yeah, you you track with me so far? I do. Yeah, like when you have X amount of force multiplier present where it doesn't necessarily need to be, but you give players the freedom to exert that force multiplier if they choose to do so. Mm -hmm. It creates that that misbalance of being able to counter and stuff like that. 100%. Right. Right. Um, and like for the example of a tank on a hill, like we veteran players know that if we've got a tank that's really pissing us off, mm -hmm. we can grab an ESF with an ejection seat, fly over him with C4, and ruin his day. Use the sandbox. But but the new player isn't going to how to know how to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not going to have the gear to allow them to do that either, which is a huge factor. Okay. Um, 
one of one of the big things I think that has I think been the core of Planet Side 2's combined arms mismatch is not having enough reason for armor and air to realistically engage in a meaningful way. Um, right now, you know, okay, especially especially with redeploy side. So when you've got with the redeploy side meta, so you've got um, you know air fly. You've got like you know the most you'll see a galaxy is a hot drop infantry from a redeploy on top of a point, a direct yeah. form of access. Mm -hmm. Tanks the most objective, meaningful sense they have is to either kill a new, a killer player made base, which is rare because there's not too many environments where they can be built right now. Excuse me. Um, and one of the, and on top of that, you know, guide, like guiding Sunderers to a, to a, a, a safe Sunderer deployment spot. And then you, and then, you know, you, you have the Sunderer deployed, you have the galaxy drop infantry in, and then suddenly it's all eyes on the on the on the capture point. And the only way you can actually affect that capture point is to either play infantry or to shell the hell out of it with a form of force multiplier, mm -hmm. an armor, um, an armor vehicle, something like that. What I've always wanted to see is more meaningful objectives in play for those other forms of gameplay like vehicles. Mm -hmm. One of one of the things I've always had a vision for, if you will is you know instead of having a biolab for or no a tech plant for example mm -hmm. and then have its satellite bases surrounding it mm -hmm. merge those facilities together put vehicle capture points and air capture points around the base as well make it a giant facility that requires the teamwork between infantry between air between ground mm -hmm. and make it a faction wide effort that an armor outfit, an air outfit, an infantry outfit can all stretch their legs and engage over in a way that still feels meaningful. And yes, you'll see the natural um, engagement between infantry and air, infantry <laughs> and vehicle, vehicle and air, but it still gives those players who prefer to be in a tank something to do other than constantly shell the, the infantry that are trying to do their job too. Mm -hmm. it, it adds meaningfulness in a way that still encourages combined arms gameplay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been one of Planet Science's really big, in my opinion, missteps over the years. Mm. A lot of the bases are designed to be small maps on a large continent that are built for 24 to 20, 24 versus 24 infantry fights mm -hmm. before they become big old cluster, you right. know, what's. Probably start being fun. Yeah. Where, where it's just, you know, staring at a doorway with lashes versus thumpers. <laughs> so. I, I that that's just my end vision and I, I could be wrong but if I was designing the game that would be the path I would take mm -hmm. like you know integrate some form of meaningful objective in the one larger territory that has all aspects of the game working together mm -hmm. to one end goal um I don't know I, I could be wrong there but I think yeah what are you what are your thoughts I think you got Cause... something there I think you got something there I was gonna take us in a different direction but I think you um well no 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 I, I want to talk through what what you're thinking about first okay to me okay. it's it's an it's a new idea one that sounds very cool and I had a very a very funny image flash into my mind as you were describing it um at least funny mm. to me so uh you when you talked about having having meaningful objectives for the different ways to play the game the first thing that popped into my yeah. mind was the idea of a biolab for tanks 
Thunderdome, baby. <laughs> Thunderdome. Like, yes. <laughs> I have no idea how it will get implemented. I, I, it might not even be fun at all, but man. Uh, Give me a Sundra <laughs> Derby and I'll be the happiest man alive. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, oh, that'd be great. That'd be so good. <laughs> Rel, that's Rel. That is your April Fool's idea, by the way, buddy. Right there, yeah. I, I need a Sunder Dome. Sunder Dome. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Have we just made this? <laughs> it writes itself. Oh, it does. It's perfect. Uh, but um, yeah. <laughs> that that general idea, though. <laughs> yeah. Is um, I like it. I also heard. I know that there was mention at some point. I I don't remember if Rel mentioned this or who it was. But the idea of potentially hmm. doing aerial capture points at some point. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. We we do have the vehicle capture points now, um, and yeah. that's becoming more of a thing. I think it's something that RPG has been very cautious about. Not sh- not yeah. not sure how players would look at that. Um, yeah, I think the best application I've seen of that so far, and it'd be interesting to see what Rel um, has to comment. Like if he if he wants to make a comment on this, I'd like to see what he he what here what his perspective on this mm-hmm. has been. But the um the introduction of the biolab ruins on Esamir and the fact that they are open capture point vehicle capture points that can have construction built around them. Mm. Um on the launch of the Shadow Warp Gate update, some of the best fights I've had in Planet Side 2 ever were in those territories. Mm. Because you have, you know, harassers racing through the bases, performing hit and run attacks on buildings and on sunderers that were deployed. Uh-huh. But if that sunderer went down, even if you were the defending faction, you'd have to bring in a new spawn solution to keep your foothold. Yeah. You'd have tanks in amongst it, but you'd have infantry would have the chance to get in there and still attack the tanks. And air were, air were a factor too, but there was enough going on that you weren't being farmed into this little corner where air could just focus the entire time. Like you had the ability to have some respite, I guess. Yeah. Like the fighting was very dynamic at those bases. And it kind of, for me, ticked a really big box Uh of being a dynamic combined arms experience. You know what I mean? I totally resonate with that. I I had some of the same experiences in the the new Shattered Warp Gate areas. I I think that that they're playing with some very, very powerful stuff with the, Mm. with the, the game spaces they're opening up there. Mm. Uh, Rel just gave us some detailed feedback. I'm going to read it out loud here. Those bases have been sure. really hit or miss so far. You have to have the right factors line up in order for the fight to develop there in a fun way. Can be really fun mm. or little to no resistance. Was definitely something we wanted yeah. to try though. Yeah, and I've I've seen that seen that too. Um, it, yeah, it really feels like it doubles down on the sandbox idea, of planet side, where it's like what you it make does. of it and what you can make of it could be crap. Exactly. And I think a very big factor of that is there needs to be a player willing to set up a base mm. for the fight there to be any of any value at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that happens, my God, is it some of the best planet side fighting you can ever have? For me, it brought but back... someone needs Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, but for me like but it, it but when it happens, it produces some planet side magic I don't think we've seen in years. But yeah. what what were you gonna say? Planet side magic. I think that's a great way to put mm. it. Well I'm I think that there's a certain magic that occurs when you don't understand everything that's going on. Like when, when the meta hasn't been figured out, when, when mm. there aren't deep grooves of what the best way to play the game are yet. And yeah. Planetside Early was like that. Um, Planetside 1 was like that. 
And the yeah. warp gate, shadow warp gate feels a little bit like that too, because it's totally new stuff. And I'm sure if it stayed the way it is and wasn't changed for the next five years, eventually it would become degenerate, boring, and well-worn. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that there's, there's actually a high utility in agitating, agitating the format. Um, and not necessarily yeah. to find like the new perfect way that everyone's going to love to play the game forever, but just for the no. sake of agitating. Because in a competitive format, like, um, yeah, you can play with weapon balance or class balance as a way to rebalance and provide content to people who really care about that stuff. But base yep. balance is another big one. And it's one of the things that yeah. talking to Aflick is one of his thing, the, the things that he cares about the most is the idea of having new play spaces to play. In fact, I'd be really curious what he thinks about the new Shattered Warp Gate areas. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because he's a he's a very big um, he's a he's a very big sort of voice in the community for for really really high skill play, and I'd yeah. love to hear what he has to say on it as well. well actually, um, I'm having a memory when he talked to Rel. I think he said that he hadn't really played in those areas very much because he he wasn't sure what to do, which I think is a very sure. is, is is kind of telling of that style of play yeah. in a way. Mm, mm. Like the the constant um, the constant push to be better as a player from a formula like i think the key word here to take from this is ensuring the game doesn't become formulaic mm -hmm. it's dynamic it's mm -hmm. not there's no formula to it it's there's there's ways you can uh, approach it with a formula from a personal perspective mm -hmm. but there's no there's no right or wrong way to play it's that's the ideal because without, without obviously you know yeah when you don't know what's best everything is valid that's like a quantum equation because when you don't know, when you we, when you haven't seen inside the bot the, the meta box, everything is best, and then that's yeah, that's a that's, great that's moment. Um, and you oh. only get that for short bursts in in the era of the internet and YouTube and Twitch. You only get that for short bursts after content comes yeah. out. And so yeah. there's a I I this is why I'm excited about the 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 monthly promise of um, campaigns. Me too. Um, yeah, I don't too. know if they're going to be able to make changes to the map and the lattice every single time something happens. Yeah, but it would on, sure be cool. Changes like ongoing changes like this. If I don't, I would love to know what the scale of it's going to be like. Like, mm -hmm. and I'm sure we'll find out in due time. But part of me at some point remembers it being like, you know, yeah, we're going to add more facilities and stuff like that to the game as this goes on. Um. But yeah, that promise of a change regularly that continues to throw the formula that's been established out the window to me is interesting. Mm. Because for a game like Planetside, if you spend all your time working out how to be the best at a certain situation only to become aggressively unhappy when something that is also in the game by design throws a spanner in the works there, mm -hmm. you're never going to enjoy the game at its full potential. You're going to always find yourself blaming that inconvenience uh, or that perceived inconvenience on your unenjoyment. Right. Whereas for me, it's part of me, part of me, part of me thinks it's the challenge of finding a way to overcome that inconvenience mm -hmm. that really makes planet side special. Yeah. And the trick is to get people to actually play that way. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a matter of, and I think again, that's what that's the importance behind having meaningful objectives, yeah. encouraging people to try out those new play styles to play that way, that sort of thing. So, other than Thunderdome, what kind of ideas do you have for new objectives? Mm. And I, well, I, I, again, I like I, the, uh, the 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 destroy biolabs. Those are a good thing to, to try out. I, like I agree. That. 
And again, I, I think I'd like to see bases with larger territories, like larger actual land spaces. How big? That sort of... Paint us a picture. Sorry? How big? Paint us um, a picture. I did a video a while ago, a long uh-huh. time ago, so you wouldn't be able to find it now, where I envisioned a a map like the um oh, how familiar like let's uh, picture the southwest corner of Inda, mm-hmm. um Paris Amp, Havartech, mm-hmm. and Vino Archives. Okay, my picture, and this is probably going way overboard here, but my initial concept there was take all of the small outposts within one section of a lattice. So things like Havartech and all of its satellites, Parasamp and all of its satellites, mm-hmm. and make that one hex, make that one territory. And then use large outposts like watchtowers, like Vanu Archives, Quartz Ridge Camp. Use those as middle ground points. Use mm-hmm. that. Use those as points of friction as well on the smaller scale. And then... Once you capture that base, you move on to the larger picture. You move on to the larger territory. Like, you know, you're talking, you know, taking a huge slab of the map, but it takes multiple outfits. It takes a large coordinated force to do. Now, this was a vision I had back in, I think I think I originally started talking about this back in like 2015. Okay. So player counts have changed a lot. Server culture has changed a lot. Gameplay has changed a lot. So I don't know if that sort of thing would work here. But it would be a way of sort of really cap, like really focusing on the scale that Planet Side can approach. Instead of throwing 96 people into a doorway and saying, go at it, mm. throw them into a field of buildings and facilities and say, you guys need to capture this territory. Treat it like a mini battlefield map. Right. And do your thing. So essentially, you're changing. So, in a way, you can see territorial conquest on a planet and the Planet Side continent. Whereas each yep. territorial flip is kind of like a transaction. And yeah, sort of. what you're doing is blowing up the size of that transaction to be the same size as multiple. Oh. So rather than having having a, a big, like honestly, Zergfits apply themselves to 24 to 48 base and then uh, you know a, a smaller base and then a bigger base and then a tech plant and then whatever like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says, no, uh, you guys got to do all this at once. Um, yeah, and... You know, sort of, and then uh, on top of that, epic. sort of employ, I don't know if you pull it empl- off. Man. employ the insist, empl- like, and then you have to like employ the assistance of other outfits, saying, "Hey, we've got this part of the territory controlled." Sort of like a, a like a risk style exchange between like different mm-hmm. territories and stuff like that, and you're, you're pulling and pushing back and forth, trying to, you know, secure land and secure key points of interest in this territory. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to really flip it across, you start to gain that momentum, the territory then becomes yours. And then mm-hmm. you can move on to the next slab of the continent and such and such. Like, right. I don't know, like to me, that would like, I, I would also love it if we combined TI Alloys, Crossroads and Crown into one territory and just made that one big stomping ground. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? I'd like to, I would like to play around with that. Yeah. But again, like to me, I would just love to see scale emphasized. Right. Interesting. Like, I like that idea. I mean, you risk creating big stalemates because it's very hard to flip territory. But you do. You also provide an incentive for very large scale planet side, which you you see, but when you see it, it usually feels like it's misapplied. Like, why are there two platoons of TR at this base? Why? 
Why? Exactly. Because there are two exactly. coons of TR who want to play together, and they need to pick a base. Well, yeah, the, and it sucks for the one twelve that are on the opposing end, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It would it would help to delegate forces and Zerg. Well, Zerg fits. Mm-hmm. I say that I actually have no issues with that sort of style of play. You know, you do you boo. Um, oh yeah, I don't say it negatively when I say Zerg fit. It's just the best the best name. No, no, it's it's yeah. No, I just I figured I'd clarify that too. Um, Worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it just it gives them a, a way to apply themselves in that sort of scale without needing to jam 96 people into a doorway and then cop a lot of flack from the community who want a smaller engagement it actually gives the people in my in my view the community who do want a smaller engagement more of an opportunity to do so because they could pick a certain section of the territory and say we're going to hold this right here this is our goal and the zerg fit will be forced to sort of split it across as a result of that mm-hmm. i think that's cool i could see almost like um I think it would be kind of cool to see they implemented it as, as like a kind of special alert. Maybe something tied with the campaign system. So something that was like, mm. like a short-term alert only up for a month to say, hey, yeah, there's some yeah. valuable resource. There's some green shit coming out of the ground. Get on top of that. <laughs> and the lattice flips somehow. And I'm not sure if there's, there's, uh, there's the technology to change the way the lattice works. Um, it could be cool, yeah. Yeah, or even take that, that idea, the idea you're, you're proposing and and put it over a new play space like a shattered warp gate oh, and say yeah, control no. the shattered warp gate like we figured it out we have the technology like we, we know how to not take damage over time because we mastered it after three months mm. of whatever maybe yeah. they've already thought of this this is what they're gonna do um, maybe yeah like and this is what i love about this like we know there's content coming we just don't know what it is and that's exciting it's a good space mm, yeah 100 yeah well speaking of content coming um what do you think we will other than more campaign which we know we can count on other than outfit wars coming yep. back in some way what do you yep. think we c- what do you think slash hope we can expect to see in planet side in 2021 oh, it's interesting uh, and i'm gonna cheat a little bit here because i read i don't know you you have you read the um andy sites yes. interview yes. from yes okay gonna cheat a bit here because he makes very clear mention and i don't know if this was just like a slip of the tongue or something of new classes, new vehicles, and new play spaces, mm-hmm. which is just more of what we've already got. And that to me is exciting because we haven't had a new vehicle in God. When was the Valkyrie released? Are you not including the Colossus and the Bastion in that? Oh, the Colossus and the Bastion, true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I guess no, those, like, those are. I yeah. guess normal scale vehicles that don't require outfit resources. Outfit yeah. resources. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it's been a long time since we've seen anything like that. And those vehicles, when they come, they do shake up the meta a bit. So it's exciting to me to see like there's talk of really shaking things up. A new class. I mean, I don't even know what kind of class we could add to the game. Like, yeah. Nothing immediately pops what, out what at would, me. No. What would you add? Yeah. And I also like, worry about stomping on the potential of fleshing out the existing classes. Yeah, no, there can't there, there can't be a, a power creep. It yeah. needs to be like it I, needs to be What if like yeah, the ambush very, or light assault what was was a different class altogether? Like that would be kind of boring to me. Um I'd rather yeah, I agree. add more yeah. stuff for the current classes. But let, let's think uh, about yeah. what what the actual benefit of that would be. So if you took like a mm. um okay, well <laughs> all I can think about is a two man max suit. Why am I? Why am I thinking <laughs> this? This is not a good idea. Like a no. two-headed ogre with like four oh, arms. Oh God! 
One, one would want to go that way, the other one would want to go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so the, the first first-person shooter experience I ever had was sitting yeah. in my dad's office after he finished work. And one yep. of us was had the, the guide for Wolfenstein 3D, oh, the printed yep. booklet. Another one of us was yep. controlling the mouse, another one of us was controlling the keyboard. It was, it was uh-huh. um, terrible and amazing at the same time. Three goblins in a trench coat. That's what Ralph said. I think basically, uh, yeah. Just, so just imagine that's the confirmation. In like a, just two, two players in a two players in a warp gate arguing over which way they're going to go, and they just stayed ever leave the warp gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the uh, current okay. the current archetypes we have for shooter stuff mm. we have we have the uh, the assassin archetype like invisibility the infiltrator, which which the includes sniping and also close range assassination. And we like have espionage and hacking and that sort of stuff. Right, right. Sutterfuge, mm. uh, deception. We have yep. the uh, the not not screwing around archetype with heavy assault, where it's just hey, I'm big and I'm here. Um, yeah, yeah. And and I I'm I'm the weapons master, kind of like the warrior yep. of planet side too. Yeah, hundred percent. We have the 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 two main support classes, engineer and medic, which I think have fairly clear identities. Uh, yeah, that's around... pretty easy to work out. Yeah, um, making sure that the vehicles go and making sure that the people go, and then yep. um, and the light assault, my my favorite, which is um, I it's kind of a specialist class where it yeah it, it, yeah specialist is the word I would use yeah yeah, yeah. Um, like frontline but in a creative way right right it, it's about exploiting mm. vulnerabilities rather than necessarily yep. being the main part of the force um, yes hundred percent yep so what chat any ideas what other kind of infantry classes could we say i'm just trying to think of like any other first person Anyone, like Overwatch, battlefield in particular battlefield, valorant i can't think of really anything else okay like what if it's relevant I'm, to like a new th- mechanic like something introduced by the shattered warp gate yeah like storm lord I'm, I'm sort of because oh, i'm i'm sort of thinking like um like i'm thinking to squad again which being a logistics heavy game incorporates things like dedicated crewmen like if you want to drive a vehicle, you have to be a crewman class. Like if you're, Pilotside One has something like that. If you were in yeah, right. the heavy armor, you 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 couldn't pilot vehicles. You had to be in the light armor. I don't really yeah, right, see. Okay. That seems like more of a restriction than it actually is. Like a it archetype. it it does. It's it's a bit of a controlling restriction, exactly. And um, and I think that would go very much against what Planet Side's meant to be. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah I I can't, I'm think, I'm putting my head to it and. You know, maybe the creative minds over at RPG are thinking of something we're not, but I cannot put my finger on any other class at the moment that could potentially be added. What if they added more water to the maps and had like a class that had water mecha- based mechanics, like a swimmer class? Swimmer class. That sounds terrible. He's, he's if you're be watching this on YouTube suit, after the I'll fact <laughs> and you have a bright idea, drop it in the comments. I want to see it. 100%. I'm keen to see it. <laughs> Uh, okay, but more <laughs> class. more more stuff in the sandbox. Is what it sounds like is what yeah. Andy Sites is saying, more or less. Yeah, and they're obviously talking about like they're talking about new play spaces. I'm I like I'm willing to put my money on Ashore not being dead yet. I think Ashore is coming. Okay, okay. Like they 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 revealed a continent that was part of the way done years ago. Mm-hmm. There's links to it in the sanctuary. There's, there's there's links mm-hmm. to it of it being currently unavailable. What's going on? So there's yeah. references to a sure and like the, the the little news bits and the little bit of uh, yeah kind yeah. of lore clues. That's like, it. Don't and forget about this. 
to me, from a productivity standpoint, if you've got a map that you've been working on for a while, mm -hmm. it wouldn't make sense to scrap that if you've at least got something there with the with the essence of creating something brand new. Right. Like if I don't know, if, it just to me that sounds like double handling. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about Rel's reflections on it. He said that he didn't he didn't feel like it met the quality bar that Planet oh, Side that, needed. That I didn't know. Um, that I didn't know. And it was kind of something that he did himself um, because it was something he could work on himself. It was a big idea. Uh, actually, I asked sure. him in our interview what, what his biggest disappointment was, and I think he shared that Osher was it. But if it weren't for the fact, okay, but what you just said is is the only thing that makes me think you're probably right, that they are they are hooking into it in Sanctuary, mm. and mm. they don't have to do that. No. They don't have to do that. No. Like, the joke of ha-ha Osher is like, it's kind of not worth it. And it's kind of like a bad faith thing to do to poke fun at players for not getting content. They were kind of teased. Um, mm. So I think that idea has legs. Now the question is, what would Osher be? Yeah, I, I originally remember the initial plans, the initial concept was that it wasn't a warp. It wasn't a content that had warp gates on it. It was uh -huh. like a you'd have bastion fleet carriers that were apparently rotating around the map and you'd have to fight off of that alone like that would be your starting point i yeah. don't know how it would work like almost like a battle royale thing with rotating dropships. sort of yeah but it i don't i don't honestly i this was years ago this was when they first unveiled the continent and okay. they were talking about plans and stuff like that but it would have to be i think it would have to be very open-based um you'd have water present as well with mm -hmm. probably a lot of bridges as, as narrow choke points and stuff like that i think what I'd really like to see out of Oshur is a huge focus on air. Hmm. Like, I want to see air transport and air logistics be a thing. Okay. Um, and that sort of ties into a new vehicle I'd like to see. I think we'd all like to see a Lodestar at some point. Yeah. You know, who doesn't, want, who doesn't want to hot drop a tank into something and change the tide of a battle? That would yes. be freaking cool. Yes. Um, I, I also, I also in, my, in my heart of hearts, want to see a, a recall back to the old generator and ant style of gameplay from planet side one you know what i'm talking about when i say that i don't know do inform me like it's uh so planet side one in a way its bases had a lot more like they were trying a lot of different kind of weird things on um, with it and one of those things is the sure. fact that every every single terminal in the base ran off of base power and base power was finite uh, okay. and you you could you could drain base power by using the base just by spawning by using the terminals these drain the, sure. the base power slowly destroying the terminals and having the base auto repair them drain those faster so one of the things that you could sure. do is a as like a spec ops type outfit in planet side one was you can drop into like uh like a tech plant which even in those days gave tanks and so they were important mm -hmm. and you could slowly drain it while no one's looking and slowly drain oh. it while someone's while someone's not looking you kill the generator you you find a, a valuable base that's starting at like twenty percent power, and you just you kind of sneak back there without anyone seeing. And before you know it, bam, power goes out. When the power goes out in the base, it flips neutral. Anyone can cap it, but Whoa. the cap and the cap takes fifteen minutes in Planet Side One, but it doesn't go through unless you bring power to the base before the hack finishes. Which in order to do, you have to fuel up an ant, which is you know Planet Side Two has ants, but they use differently. You, you have to fuel it up at the warp gate. And then drive it to the base, or drop it in with a lodestar. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. And what's also cool, arguably even cooler, 
was yeah. what you would have is you would have these huge, these enormous Zerg fights at Plant Side One bases. This happened too back in Plant Side One base. Yeah, sure. And you would have these unending fights, but what, what, what the consequence of that, of that unending fight is th there was a natural cap on it because at some point, if you were besieging the base from outside and you just couldn't get in, but you held the outside, the, the defenders would have to get an ant in to refuel the base because the more people who sure. are spawning there and using the resources, the faster it drained. And it would get down so to those... logistics running. Right. And so yeah. as a defender, you would try to plan these desperate ant drops from Lodestars and try to protect it and defend it long enough for it to fuel up a few ticks before the before the attackers blew it up. And that was some drama, bro. Like that was oh, dude. high quality player generated I wish, drama. I, oh, I wish I was there for that, man. That that sounds awesome. I just think it's such a missed opportunity in Planet Side too, but maybe the way the bases are captured with the timers as they are doesn't leave enough room for it. But uh yeah i think i don't know probably one thing like the gaming industry and the first person shooter market in general has sped up a lot in the last mm -hmm. few years like the pace of the pace of gaming has gotten faster and people are not as willing to accept a slower pace um as a result of that mm -hmm. so yeah i think i would love to see that too i just don't know if it would be accepted if it would be fun enough to play for things. enough people and that's the thing like yeah. it's have you ever heard someone describe like an EVE Online battle? Uh, no, I haven't. I've just heard it Spreadsheet Simulator, though. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's absolutely <laughs> true. Yeah. But sure. what's also true is that it has a big community of people who really engage in PvP, PvP player drama. And you, yeah. what? my favorite way to interact with EVE Online is to read the breathless battle reports of the betrayal right. and the advances. And it all sounds incredible. But to play yeah. it is miserable. It's miserable right. spreadsheet simulator. And I think that Planetside One suffers from that a little bit, where sure. the, the the meta picture that's being painted by the game sounds incredible. But the actual moment-to-moment -moment experience of each player isn't as great. And I think Planet Side 2 has from the get-go always really been careful about preserving the moment-to-moment -moment experience, probably yep. to the detriment of some other outcomes. Yeah. No, that's fair. That is fair. And I think, yeah, yeah, it's very much about ensuring that the moment to moment is enough to keep people around through the um xp grinds and stuff like that right. no, I, I could i could see that yeah i could see where that design decisions come into play because yeah we're in, we're in an age now where people's attention spans are much shorter uh, i have a bone to pick with that idea do you okay i'd love to hear that um i think people's attention spans are suited to the environment that they're in okay so, no no that's fair yep so if if you put people in a, in a in a situation where they grow up surrounded by books, they're going to have excellent attention spans. If you put them somewhere where they're going to be surrounded by screens, they're going to have lower attention spans. It's just humans are adaptation so machines. The the nature over nurture sort of argument. I'm yeah, I'm with you on that one hundred percent, mate. Yeah, and so I no, no, I, 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 agree with. I have a kind perspective on people as 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 a general philosophy. Um, I think a yep. lot of the, the ideas that people aren't like as great as they used to be, they're not as patient as they used to be, they're not as wholesome or as honest or as clever sure. are sure. is 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 all um uh, wishful thinking. Um sure. the idealization of, of a past era that never that never was as as ideal as it is envisioned to be. I think that we're genu genuinely living in the best time it's ever been to be alive as a human, in aggregate, in general, not specifically anywhere you go. There are definitely bad yeah, ways sure. to be a human and things you don't have control over. Um, but um, yeah, I think that we as humans, 
don't know how to deal with the level of information we now have access to and the level of connection mm. we now have access to. We we were yeah. we aren't that far removed in, in evolutionary terms from being confined to tribal groups for our entire lives. Yeah. And our instincts yeah. are patterned around adapting and thriving in those scenarios. That's why we seek yep. con confirmation bias. That's why most rational thinking in the whole world exists as rationalization, a way to justify a feeling that's based on unexamined instinct. That that that's my yeah. feeling about it. Um, no, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't detract from what you're saying. I'm just adding a dimension to it. Um, no, no, I, and I agree with you. And I think another part that plays into that is echo chambers as well. This is actually something uh -huh. I had a very big look at in university Tell me about um, it. and in online discourse and um, online communities. Uh -huh. When you have a group of people gravitate towards one another, it's normally for one reason, because they agree on something mm. or they have a similar passion for something. Um, and when those people agree with each other, when they, when they spend so much time with each other, they discuss, they discuss, they discuss, they discuss, they keep they keep reaffirming each other's stance on something eventually by the time you get to the end result mm. by the time you get about 3 months in no matter what the circumstance is that group will say that this is right or someone will, someone in the community will say this is right and the only people in that community will be people who agree with them mm -hmm. because it's all about reaffirming ideas that is considered acceptable in that environment mm -hmm. Um, and one, one key example today that I had in a stream that I was having before this actually mm -hmm. was somebody said, oh, so it looks like they ruined Esamir, mm. um, with the latest update. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I don't know about that. I've been having some of the most fun on Esamir I've had since launch. How do you argue? And he said, well, everyone I've talked to says they log off whenever Esamir is on. And I say, well, okay. Is that because you've filled yourself if you use it because you've placed yourself in a community of people that think the same way you do mm -hmm. or because you've legitimately gone out and attempted to source information from a wide variety of demographics mm -hmm. and they said that they were only really talking with the people that they talk to on the day-to-day -day. so like i very much like like see i see it in a lot of communities especially I'm going to call this out now, the planet side subreddit from time to time. Oh yeah. You, yeah. You see a lot of echo chambers fill there. Mm -hmm. And as soon as somebody has an opinion that differs, it'll sometimes get shot down aggressively. Like it gets downvoted to hell. Yeah. Um, and I think when you have those sorts of echo chambers filling, it can sometimes discourage actual conversation. There have been days when I've seen, um, conversation emerge and i've like sometimes i'll disagree with what's being said and i'll be like oh okay maybe i'll add something in here but then i'm like oh am i just going to get downvoted or is something actually intellectual going to happen here and that's not necessarily a dig at the planet side two community and the subreddit and stuff like that mm -hmm. it's just how echo chamber mentality works mm -hmm. and how if you see one person disagree with that you know with sometimes you're going to echo that opinion mm -hmm. um and that's at times where I just sort of, you know, decide, well, in that case, I'm going to distance myself from that because I know I'm just going to end up butting heads all day. I don't have the energy for that. Not worth your time. Yeah. Exactly. Pearls I'd rather swine. Do, basically. 
<laughs> and again, I'm not necessarily trying to have a slash in anyone who's active on planet side subreddit. Like a lot of meaningful conversation does happen there, but there are times where I see an echo chamber very prevalent there. And sometimes it does devalue opinions that do differ for the sake of differing. Right. Um, and it can hurt actual conversation. And that's something that um, I've always tried to avoid yeah. with, with content creation as well and just general community harboring, I guess. Yeah. I think I've noticed that, Kami. And I think that that's, that is the accepted way to pilot yourself through life is to not, to not allow yourself to sink into the perceptions of people who look and think like you. And, mm. um, but I, I, again, like I acknowledge what you're saying. I have, and to add on top of it too, I have a sympathetic interpretation of that phenomenon, the echo chamber phenomenon. Um, yep. I suspect, and I'm no, I'm no scientist, but I, I suspect the echo chambers have tremendous evolutionary utility. The idea okay. of fi of finding a group consensus that you can rely on, that is safe, sure. and it allows you to confidently exclude people who could be a danger to you, has sure. evolutionary utility if your life is in danger. Yeah, to create objective truths that better the quality of life to right. a certain extent. And it's not what you get out of that situation is not actual a pursuit of truth. What you get is a pursuit of life, more likely mm. to, to survive, more likely to reproduce, more likely to 100%. make to print yeah. more humans. Yeah. But we live, yeah. most of us live now in a society where we don't have that pressure on our survival day to day. I don't. No. You, I'm sure you don't. No, no. Um, and, but we still have all these instincts kicking, kicking around that tell us how to orient ourselves. And, mm -hmm. um, to find a tribe per se. Yes. And we feel great mm. when we do. Exactly. Think about the we, Briggs we experience you described when everyone true. came together for your yeah. video. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. And Rail also just yeah. sprinkled something in that I think is worth worth, worth echoing. Um, definitely an issue trying to develop in that sort of environment. Right. Yep. I can only imagine so. I can only imagine so. Yeah. Really it, it, makes, it, makes for, it makes for a very complex environment that yeah, I think I think the best way to go through it all is yes, find your people, but also be open to be challenged. And you know what that is? Like, I think. Yeah. I think that's the mentality of of like a chief, like a tribal yeah. chief, a 100%. leader. Yeah. And yeah. There are fewer leaders than there are followers in the world. It's very true. What I love about doing this these interviews is I always feel like I'm talking to another chief. It lets <laughs> me get in it. touch yeah, with okay. the other chiefs of the community. Absolutely. You're one of them. Absolutely. Rel's sure, one of them. Aflix's one of them. All you guys. Mm. Um, and when you wade into the Reddit, you're not in, and I, I hate to use like racial sounding metaphors, but um, you, you aren't talking with the leaders. You're talking with everyone. And you get the, yes. the levels of communication that are more about confirmation of, of, um, of, um, validation. Yeah, validation. Better word for it. They're yep. more about validation than they are about actually testing to see if there's a better way to to run your community, your people, yourself than you knew of before. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And it's just, yeah, it makes for a um, it makes for a, an interesting dynamic at the end of the day, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you can see why it's there, but sometimes you wish for 
a different a different sort of interaction from time to time. Yeah, mm. I think it can happen if if we it don't can. blow ourselves up. I think over time we'll we'll see more and more of it. Um, that is true. But you know, it took us a long time to make to get humans to where we are today, and um, yeah, we all owe it to ourselves to be patient with the fact that none of our parents grew up with this technology, and it's true. Um, we live in a world that's changing so fast. I think that the kind of humans that are going to thrive don't aren't going to do so necessarily in the same ways that humans used to thrive. I, I don't know. It's a yeah. I'm a complete lay person when it comes to these problems. I just, just probably listen to too many podcasts. To be totally honest. Um, is there is there such a thing as too many podcasts? Let's be real. Well, there's only so many hours in the day. That that is true. That's, okay, yeah, yeah, that's where I come out on it. Yeah, um, no, fair enough. And also, the problem with podcasts is. Uh, when you start a conversation with, I saw this on a podcast, people tend to tune out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just eliminate that part. And then if they ask you for your source, just say, oh yeah, some, some trendy news website. Yes. Um, <laughs> I read it somewhere. I'm totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, fair enough. It's a good way to go. <laughs> okay. I love that. Uh, well, oh, there, there are a couple more questions coming that I, I really want to ask you uh, before we finish sure. this up tonight. Um, sure. Sure. Tonight, my time. So, um, uh, number one, uh, it's a fun question. Um, uh, it's, uh, uh, when I talked to Rel, he said that he thought everyone on his team had a design doc for planet side three, what their planet side three would look like. Planet side three is an idea that's been bandied about a lot by the community, especially since Andy sites lit the fire at the start of the year (laughs) with the the rogue planet games announcement. Bloody poured gasoline on it too. Shout out to to Andy sites. Big balls. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bloody uh, massive cojones seriously do oh. you do you have a design doc for planet side three and what does it look like oh god a design doc for planet side three that's a tough one mm-hmm. that's a tough one because I've, I've said this i've said i've actually said this on stream a few times people say to me should they make planet side three and i said no because right now they have the core they just need to improve on it. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that I would see being value a valuable, the only the only reason I would consider there to be a valuable step for a planet side three development would be to make a new engine for it or to update the engine so that it didn't perform like how it does today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, build it for multi-core threading and do what you can on that front. Now I'm no game designer, I'm no tech either. So what I'm saying could be absolutely impossible, but that would be my main concern. Performance improved the experience that it ran better in more scenarios. But if we were to make Planet Side 3, I think a big thing for me would be firstly the scale thing we talked about earlier, um, really making sure that the game sort of doubled down on that on on those large scale moments, those those moments where a player-made base was organically built up and then eventually an armor clash hit that base. You know, those organic moments, turn uh-huh. those into moment, turn those special moments into moment-to-moment gameplay. Uh-huh. And then you'll have it, then you'll have an experience that people will keep coming back for over and over again. Okay. Um, so double down on the scale, double down on that combined arms nature, make it so that we have less, you know, less of lashes staring at a doorway for half an hour. Mm-hmm more of more dynamic gameplay mm-hmm. make make it so that 96 people can fit in an in an area comfortably and still have a fight that moves mm-hmm. um 
that that would be my first big step. My second big step would be um, double down on faction exclusivity. Mm. Um, you know, I'd love to see uh, Empire-specific flashes and Empire-specific harassers and Empire-specific liberators and galaxies and Valkyries and yeah, I, I want I'd want to see everything faction specific and i know the workload for that alone is astronomical and right. i wouldn't even expect i wouldn't even expect the developers to come up with that in any in any mindset anytime soon that's it's huge to balance model do cosmetics for over and over again empire specific classes lee jones in the, in the, which is suggesting there's a spicy wow idea. that's that would be you would have to could you imagine like the asymmetry yeah. in this game is hard enough as already is with like unique weapons imagine unique abilities like what if <laughs> what if like the light assault class was the only was only for new conglomerate jesus they were the jetpacks uh plants type woman's a little bit more like that um are yeah. you thinking about this idea as more like a add more flavor kind of thing or more like a introduce more asymmetry kind of thing uh, like on the vehicle side of things it's definitely a mix of flavor and symmetry mm -hmm. um because uh, asymmetry sorry because i think you know in the mbt style of the game we've got the vanguard which is just the you know balls to the wall tank that you know yeah. punches itself in a space that it doesn't fit and then tries to wiggle its way out afterwards um the prowl is a bit more you know it's a bit more finite it's a bit more planned you got to deploy somewhere and right. shell something from afar and then the mag rider just does mag rider things um yes. <laughs> it's a ufo tanks it is, it is. And like I'd like to see more of that unique gameplay brought into other like, you know, the lightning, for example. That uh -huh. could I feel as though you could do a lot of really cool stuff with that. Like the 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 mat like the Vanu could have a really agile hover vehicle that takes very little to kill it. Mm -hmm. But it's nice for it's like a it's like a um a highly mobile tank destroyer sort of thing. Sure. Um sure. And then the you know the, the the lightning could maybe be like a bit more of an organized support vehicle, and then the mm -hmm. sorry the lightning for the TR maybe, and then for the NC you'd have I don't even know like a siege tank of some kind. Mm -hmm. I don't know like like a light support siege tank or something. Like you could really get, you could really have a lot of fun with it. I don't know how you would again this this is this is the sort of gameplay design that I'm sure Rel is having a heart attack about right now because we're mentioning all these ideas and it's just astronomically challenging to balance this many vehicles in a game like this well if you're talking about planet side three you, i mean the sky's the limit i guess yeah the, the permission you get when you put that word into the equation is you is you get to go back to the drawing board is you, do. you get to be to think big he loves this sort yeah, of this do. sort of stuff uh, there we go so, all right then yeah i love it um like i like the idea of faction exclusivity and the idea of class specific like faction specific classes that's in like what if nc were the only people to get shotguns double down on the meme yes well uh, double down on that meme imagine if that was the case uh-huh um you know tr were the only ones to get i don't know what would you, what would you give tr probably like i think an easy way to I do it would be to look at like other three faction asymmetry games for inspiration and the easiest one to think of is um starcraft you think True. about the Protoss as the Vanu, you think about the TR as um, the Terrans, and you think about the Nuke Conglomerate as um, actually. I guess I actually, was thinking, uh, I was thinking about the NC as as the as the Terrans and the TRs as Zerglings. 
I could I could I could add this as well. I could like Supreme Commander Forged Alliance. Don't know if you ever played that game. No. Um okay. UEF as um UEF as New Conglomerate, TR as Cybran, and Aeon as Varnish Sovereignty. Okay. Um you know, like you could really have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that Ralph said in our interview is that um why stop at Planet Side Three? If you're gonna make a big MMOFPS, why not why not reinvent it? Why not do something new and bigger? Why be limited by Planet Side? Um True. True. Yeah. That's that's a big claim. Oh. Ralph, what you planning? <laughs> Designers gotta design, claim. yo. Designers gotta design. That's it. Like and that's why I want to continue seeing innovation like this. Once mm-hmm. you stop innovating in a game like this, your game dies. You, you need to... A lot of people say you don't need to reinvent the wheel. I kind of disagree with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, like People who say that have never played dead games. Yeah, that's it. Like I, There's, sorry, like, there's some things where I can say, like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's some states where I can agree with that's true, but you need to keep innovating as well. Mm-hmm. Like, if if something's in a position where it just works, like I'm trying to think of an example from plants, like the light assault class that works. That's mm-hmm. a good class right now. I'd say. Yeah. Um, so you don't necessarily need to rework that entirely. It's a unique addition to the game, but you can still rework other aspects as well to, to give it something unique and give it something new. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. Um, yeah. It's, it's unique and interesting and useful without being overbearing. Agreed. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, one of the most important steps, I think, in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I saw an interview um, that uh, Daniel Dwyer's channel uh, NoClip did with uh, Digital Extremes, developers of Warframe. And when he sure. talked to Rebecca Ford, their community manager, um, yep. who's doing a very unique thing with that game um, and, and the, the community mm. management of it. Um, yeah, sure. She said that people, people ask the question, why can't you just do updates that are fixes? Why can't you just fix things that are broke? That's good content for your players. And she said, you can't just do that. You have to excite uh-huh. people and you got to fix things. You got to do both. Yep. Otherwise, um, yep. otherwise you're losing people. Um, and I, exactly, I think that exactly what we talked about earlier. Exactly what we talked about earlier. Right. And that's, that's why I feel like Planetside is suddenly a fun game to theorycraft about in a way that. Uh-huh. It felt kind of silly to do um, in years past, where we just didn't we didn't know what was going on. Um, we didn't understand that there were so few people on it. Um, we saw efforts going towards H one Z one. We saw efforts going towards mm. Planetside Arena, and we're like, "Well, what about my game?" Um, and it wasn't so clear what was going on there. Yeah. Um, mm. But now the the page has turned, and we have we have crystal clarity, and we see yeah. things coming in, and even if. Yeah. Even if for me, I like even if every single update that comes in isn't targeted directly at me and what I love about it, I I think that that's like a foundation that you need and it feels great, man. Yeah, hundred percent. You need you need you need variety. Um, if you if you feel like every update is being catered to you as a player, then someone else is going to be neglected, yeah. and as a result of that, the 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 people that are the very content that fuel your experience in game, aka the other players. Are going to start leaving and therefore your content of the game is going to start diminishing too mm-hmm. so yeah. it's a, it's it's all about keeping as many people as possible happy otherwise you just run into a huge landslide mm-hmm. and yeah no it's it's one of those balances you have to upkeep otherwise it's 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 dead game season yeah 
I, I have one idea for Planet Side Three. I want to say for my part, it's just selfishly. Um, Shoot, I oh, mean, I got it here. Because truth be told, is I'm not the most involved in the nuts and bolts Planet Man Planet Side player out there. Um, I'm not useful not talking about infantry balance. I'm not useful talking about tanks or air or base fights or lattice design. Like I'm not. I don't want that level of competence. Um, yeah, sure. But what I what I do think Planet Side should think about doing is taking an escape from Tarkov-like approach towards a new player experience. Go on. So, I don't know how you'd pull this off. I don't even know if this is a good idea. This is just a selfish thing that I like. Which sure. is, I like a game to spit in my face and tell me, screw you, get good. <laughs> I want... Yeah, right, I. I want an achievement in Planet Side to, for dying a thousand times. I want an achievement for dying five times in a row to a scat cannon max. Yeah, yeah. I want a, a, an achievement max specifically. Oh, I'm I'm just making I'm just making things up. You insert your like your thing because planets. If what makes planet side so good is this this asymmetrical sandbox of of huge scale, you have so little control over the moment to moment interactions you're likely to have, and you're gonna get farmed. And you're it's very you have to just build an understanding of. How to how to shoot and how to move, you have to build an understanding of the battle flow around you, and how mm. to how to seek out advantageous positions. And to do that, mm. you have to understand what everything else in the game is doing too. And that's hard. Mm. And that's hard. Yeah. And it should be presented as being hard. And it should it should pursue that identity as saying, um, this is where the big boys play. So suit up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to the welcome to the pain train. That's basically. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I can get behind that. That's that's my my personal selfish idea for for Planet Side, and I say fuck the new player experience. <laughs> <laughs> Planet Side Three is just a big old middle finger as you spawn in. That's Hell literally yeah. it. Yeah, like the the uh, I had a buddy of mine um, who's doing playing Die Katana on stream of all things, and yeah. I recall the John Romero. Uh, uh, promises he made the ad campaign for that game about this game is Jesus, gonna yeah. is gonna bend you over. I don't even know what he said. Oh like, god, yeah, that's yep, that's yep, what yep. I want from Planet Side Three. I don't know. There's something wrong with me. Clearly, I I feel like I need to talk to my therapist about this. <laughs> just you just, just want to see people people have a really hard time. Because <laughs> you want to you want to log onto the Planet Side Two, uh, like you know. Um, the planet side to stream like tw Twitch directory, and you just want to see tears, like a lot of tears. Uh, for God's sakes, Rel. <laughs> yep, he's got the right idea. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, Rel. Let's just hope. Let's just hope that no one screen caps that, buddy, because uh... <laughs> uh, it's going on YouTube. It's gonna be memorialized. Oh yeah, that's memorialized. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that's the that that's the spirit that that I I would love to, I would love to play around with planet side in that space, and oh. so and so that when people get in it and they get they get they they get destroyed like it's not a surprise. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, okay, it's this is what I was expected. sold, and I'm up for that. Let's go, baby. Because yeah, escape. From, you're right. Escape from Tarkov has that. It has that um, that mentality around it already. So mm -hmm. when you get into the game, that's the accepted truth. Mm -hmm. And people stick around through the pain as a result of that. That's actually a really good point. That'd be a a way to sort of yeah, you're not wrong. Yes, another acolyte in the I'm, church of Planet I'm Side. Se Hardcore. I'm seeing your point now. I'm seeing your point because if you spend your entire time pledging that you've improved the new player experience, and people still come in and get farmed like no tomorrow, 
because they're being banshee farmed, they're going to go, what the fuck? This was meant to be easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. It's about if you, it's about reconciling mm. those cursed problems, making sure that the presentation of the game and what you actually get from the game line up so people know what they're getting into and they know how to have fun with it. Challenging the norms to match the expectations. Yeah. And why try to beat these these games that are drop in, drop out, easily accessible experiences like like the Call of Duties of the world? Why try to beat them at their game? Like you're you're never gonna do that. that you're is never true. gonna be as that accessible as those games. You're never gonna make people feel as powerful as the, as they do in those games. It just isn't gonna happen. Yeah. Um yeah. find what makes your your product stand out above all the others and fuel that thing as much as you can. Uh, you know and You've got to work around and a bunch of existing designs that hold it back. You've got to work around so many different things. Um, I, I say Planet Side Three is is my idea for that, but that's a safe way, a a, a safe way. I, I shop at the safe way. Sorry, it's a confusing way to think about things. That is the safe path. Um, yeah, yeah. But you could do that with Planet Side Two, too. I could see could. Planet Side Two's ten year anniversary relaunch. You know. You know, upgraded mm. graphics, better better performance, a bunch of new vehicles, and an ad campaign that tells you to get good or get out. <laughs> and it's it's true. Like games like Tarkov have got the, the the established norm. There is you are gonna have a hard time. You are gonna hate yourself for playing this game. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. I. Yeah. All right. Um, then you got me thinking. You've got me thinking now. I'm not gonna lie. Like I've always been a voice in the community about improving the new player experience and making it easy to get into, but. You've got me challenging my perspective there a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Excellent. Well done, my good sir. Well done. Okay. Normal, well, normally I'm really... Doing okay there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm normally really stubble. I'm normally really stubborn about that sort of thing. That's perfect. I love talking to stubborn people. I'm one mm-hmm. of them, too. I'm one of them, yeah. too. No, you've, got, you've, got me, you've got me deeply considering okay. that approach now. Well, I won't, I won't, I won't challenge you to make your head spin too much, too much more. Um, I just have a couple more things, so a little sure, bonus sure. questions from the community, and then we'll okay. uh, we'll let people go on with their nights. So okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first question I have to ask you about, and I don't mm. know what this means, and so I could be wading into something that I don't understand. Is okay. could you tell us about how hard it is in in, in Australia where you live, um, yeah. having red hair? Oh God! <laughs> is this a burden? Is this a cultural so, thing? So, it's it's well, obviously, there's the joke of you know if you're like the the name you get coined with instantly is Ranger. You're 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 Ranger, real redhead Ranger. It's Ranger. It's okay. Ranger. R N A R A N G A. Okay, got it. Your <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. just looked at me with the biggest look of like. Disappointment and concern. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so what? What? What negative qualities are attributed to orangutans? It's well, we're just derived from orangutan. Is that right? We're, yeah, it is. Urban it, dictionary. It does. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're 100 right there. It, it's basically, you know, it's it's you know, good old little teasing term there. But um, mm. on top of that, you know, Australia typically a sunny, hot style of country, right? Which means that. If I go outside in the summertime, I'm not packing a water bottle. I'm packing a tube of sunscreen mm-hmm. and I'm reapplying about five times a day. So right. Right. <laughs> I've had some I've had some pretty bad burns in my time and it's mm-hmm. just not a fun time at all. Mm. Um, yeah, that that's mainly you're just pale as hell. And I've, I've got I've got two settings of skin tone. 
Okay. It's either pasty white or tomato red. There's no middle ground there at Mm. all. It is one of those two, essentially. Got it. Um, So that's... So skincare concerns. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what Lander there was... I'm assuming that was Lander because I think I remember seeing that uh, that comment up in the in the chat earlier in the in the podcast. I think mm. that might have been what he was uh, fishing for then, to say the least. Yeah, I save that <laughs> nugget for later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Anything else being a redhead that we should know about? Not, not really. Oh yeah, the gingers have no souls. Part there you go. That's a good one. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a regular one. Um, it's it's just you know you 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 become a target. You're just the easiest target in 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 the Australian schooling system at that point. So okay. that's literally all it is. Well, congrats it's, for it's... making it through. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen the mole, but that's okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next yeah. extra special question. Actually, this is the last one I have from the community Q and A. Um, okay, sure. This is actually from Archie TV. Um, oh, is he, it? Yes, he asked. My boy Archie. When will we get Mrs. Cammy and Cammy to stream together? <laughs> I don't know, darling. When will we get Mr. and Mrs. Cammy to stream together? We already do, don't we? Just not on the same camera. Are we talking like because uh, we we've done a couple of co-streams together in the past? Oh, really? Yeah, Planet she's actually, or other stuff? actually other stuff. She okay. will not play Planet Side if it meant her if she was on life support. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but um, we, we've we've played a bit of Borderlands in the past. Oh, good stuff! <laughs> she's, um, she's giving you the stink you know, eye. I can the... tell. Even if Planet Side could save my life, I still wouldn't play. <laughs> she's yeah, she's not a fan of it. So oh. she, we've done the odd co stream. She's been diving into streaming as well. Um, but as far as like us two sitting together, like one of the streams I promised for my um for my charity stream months ago mm-hmm. was that we would do a cooking stream. Oh, um, s- since then COVID broke out and things oh. changed and the ability for us. Sorry, bring her over. F- it was five, have her join the conversation. It, yeah, it, if, if she wants to, to come join the conversation, she's invited, cordially invited, cordially invited. She's 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 currently eating shaker fries. Going why? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> she she's. I think she's in a happy place at the moment. All right, all right. Off camera is a good okay. place to be too. Respect. Okay, yeah. If I invited yeah, yeah, my yeah. wife on, I think I think she'd rather die. Yeah, yeah. Like Mrs. Cammy needs to be prepared and ready for it to, you know, respect happen essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, we 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 wanted to do a cooking stream at one point, and then the fires happened and COVID happened, and it just it just all mm-hmm. sort of steamrolled and made it near impossible to to get it done. Like we were we were originally planning on doing it around. February, March, April sort of time. But in March, um, no, February, I evacuated for like a week. Um, wow. For the, from the fires. So, yeah, Ooh. that was fun. Yeah, exciting um, times. Yeah, no, it was like we, we were, in theory, it was, it was really just precautionary because yeah. I had to get some stuff off site. I was in charge of taking the dogs off site. But, oh. yeah, like seven Ks down the road, there was a, there was a bushfire. So, um. Yeah, we had to be careful. Had to be very careful. That's scary. I had a, a friend of mine, a coworker actually, who mm. um not 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 an Aussie wildfires, but the wildfires here in Washington State in the US. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, wow. He had literally the homes on the other side of the street from him got burned down. Jesus. But his home was untouched. Yeah. Like, that's that's the scary himself. part about bushfire. It is indiscriminate and it's random. 
Like there is no way you can control it. And back in 03, I know this is this is going real, real far back, but mm-hmm. back in 03, we had another massive bushfire tear through here. About 500 homes in my state alone, in, in this state lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and back when it was, back, back then it was a single lane carriageway out of the valley that we live in. And the other road, the secondary road that took you out was um, was closed because the fires had made it to that property or made it to that 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 line and it was too late to leave. So mm-hmm. we were all sheltered in and you'd look outside the house and despite being so young, I still remember this, you'd look outside your house, it'd be pitch black at like five o'clock at night, but you'd see people standing on their roofs, fire like hoses ready to go, mm-hmm. um, taking out embers and stuff like that. So it's just, yeah, like... To, to, to bring it back to the point, like we, we were obviously going to do our stream, but we decided that we, we'd hold off because I had to I had to get out just in case it got to that state again. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's a real human moment there. Mm. Well, I'm glad you made it through. Um, hopefully uh, uh, your friends and family too were okay. Um, yeah, no, we were lucky. Um, none of the, um, none, of, none of our, none of the state was actually affected. Uh, well, I say that none of the none of the state's urban area was affected. We lost a lot of national park and stuff like that, but okay. that bushland is typically actually designed to burn. But, right. Um, right. Okay. Yeah, it's um, yeah, we were we were lucky. The wind the wind played ball, but because the wind helped us, it actually negatively affected some communities to the south. So, um, it was very it was very. So yeah, I kind of feel bad kind of saying that too because I know some folks not personally, but folks out that way did lose stuff. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's a cruel mistress fire. It's one of those things that, you know, you hate to see. Yeah. Scary thing. Scary thing. And mm. we all be safe. Mm. Uh, a couple more yeah. questions for you. They, they bubbled up. Please. Um, Please. Question from, I literally just saw this question and now I can't find it. It's run away from you. Has Someone, it? oh, Boozer. Boozer asked, uh, yep. when are you going to do the battle with Sirius? What's that about? Oh, oh, that's a fun one. Um, yeah, Sirius and I need to. Uh, let me put it this way: uh, whenever Sirius is ready. Okay, what's the battle entail? People want me to one v one Sirius. I think. Or oh. They want me to. They want me to either one v one Sirius, or they want us to squad versus squad. Oh. And my my answer to that is whenever he's ready. Oh baby. I'm. The oh, gauntlet's baby. been thrown. You hear I'm, that, Commander Sirius? Three hours. Challenge in, I'm issues, sure he's still my listening. friend. Yeah, he may be. Um, <laughs> we want both squad versus squad would be real fun to see, and Boozer wants to see both. That'd yeah, be a okay. fun streaming event. Like it'd be great. Um, we've we've always talked about like doing a bunch of stuff. Like I do, like we do loadout challenges on my channel as well. And yeah. someone wants to see me get some of the big like create like Ashi myself mm-hmm. and Sirius together, mm-hmm. and do and force them all to do the same thing with me, and sort of see how we all get on. Oh sure. Um, it, it also I, opens I up the, the idea of squad builds too, right? It does. Like it fire does. Team and I am, I imagine that for merely mentioning this and sort of potentially roping them into this, those those two will never talk to me again. But uh, <laughs> it'll it'll make for a hilarious stream. <laughs> well, I look yeah, there you go. It. Bo- Bo- yeah, there we go. Boozer says Cami and Sirius one v one and Ashi shout casting it. Yeah, there Perfect. you go. Perfect. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I would watch any version of this. I especially like the squad v squad idea. I think that's that's very me cool. too. I, I really like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have okay. I have some outfit mates who would be very keen on making an appearance on that. Sounds like it's got to happen. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I will definitely look forward to seeing that. Um, let's see. I think we <laughs> yeah. have one more question here. I wanted to bounce off sure. of you. Um, sure, sure, sure. Of course. And it'll be in here somewhere. I can't find it. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm sure it was a good one, and I'm sure Cammy would have had a great answer. Yeah. But oh, um, well, with that said, um, is there anything else you yeah. want to talk about that you're you're working on or that's that's coming up for you that you want to promote? I mean, there's nothing really I've got coming up. Uh, I've got I haven't got really any events or plans planned. I've um, I've um. Hang on, hang on. Illander oh, just yeah. just repeated the question that I wanted to ask. Yeah, sure. Have you been on TV? Yeah. Have I been on TV? Not recently that I know of. No. I saw an article no. about you that looked like it was from like a TV site, like um, about, and, and oh. it mentioned that you were a YouTuber. Is that like? I know. A... Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't, yeah, that wasn't TV. It was a, um, an over the phone interview. Okay. Um, the, like, so in my area, we've got a Facebook page for YouTubers. It's, it's a little quiet now. It hasn't really seen much traffic lately. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause you know, we've all had time, we've all had lives to get back to, but this, um, yeah, this reporter from, a uh, a, um, a studio called the ABC contacted, um, us and said, Hey, was anyone, would anyone be keen on doing an interview? Mm. And I put my hand up and they said, yeah, we're going to do an interview over the phone with you. And this was from years ago. Um, but yeah, we, we did an interview talking about YouTube and content creation and stuff like that. And it was a, um, it was an interesting talk. It was a, it was an interesting sort of, yeah, there was some really interesting questions in there. Like, you know, how do you handle copyright? How do you handle, how do you handle rights usage? Mm. Um, and it made for a really interesting sort of little discussion mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's. I feel like that's particularly relevant in this day and age too, with the whole yes. Twitch DMCA thing. Yes. Um, Something we didn't which, get to tonight, but which is enough fodder for a whole discussion on its own. It is. Yeah. That's. You know, if if we're ever going to do this again, we've got enough room for talk about content creation that we could go for all night. I reckon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's mm. that's the way to be. Uh, yeah. Leave them wanting more, um, and definitely look. Um, well, is there anything else that you want to... I, I interrupted you while you were talking about stuff you have coming no, up. No, 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 you're all good. Um, so no, lay it I've, out there. I've got, no events. I've got no events planned right now. I am working on another cinematic um, similar to that of For the Glory that came out, mm-hmm. Jesus, like five months ago now. Um, it's a fantastic video. Love that. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm doing another one of those that's in light of similar sort of styles. I'm working on more like just looking at making it better essentially. Yeah. Um, the only downside is that that's currently on hold until Halloween goes away because oh. as much as I'm all about festive, I'm all about festivities, <laughs> but pumpkin heads aren't that cinematic. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. No. So I started, I, I jumped on, on the weekend of Halloween when double XP was happening. I'm like, Oh yeah, there'll be a lot of players online. The battles will be cool. I'll go and get some filming. Mm-hmm. And then 95% of the footage included at least 10 people wearing a pumpkin head and I thought right. yeah this isn't this isn't what I'm trying to sell so yeah I decided I'd, I I put that on hold but I've got some footage already that's starting to come together it's slowly forming an end product which mm-hmm. I'm happy with um but there's still a long way to go so I'm not going to okay. put a date or hype it up too much yet okay well we'll look forward to that coming out and Thank we'll you. also look Thank forward you, to the serious V Kamikaze 
yes, coming up. Yes. Hosted by yep. Arshi TV. You heard it here, Hosted folks. TV. And sure uh, many I'll great things to... to come for Kamikaze 78. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, thank you for taking the time. Pleasure, buddy. Absolutely. No, and thank you for having me on here, dude. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. This has been such a fun discussion. And I love the idea of coming it back and do, doing it again and finding some more, uh, maybe not planet side yeah, stuff to talk about. Um, let's keep that door open. Next next time you have an open schedule, my man, you know where to find me. Send me a message. I'd be more than happy to do this again, dude. It was an excellent conversation. Most excellent. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kamikaze78. Thank you, Twitch. Thank you to everyone else who's watching this after the fact. Thanks, Rel, Landwell, Illandar, and everyone else higher in the chat for dropping by tonight. This has been really fun. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I'm Deeg. Basement Side Chats is the podcast. We're on Twitch and YouTube and Spotify and more places coming soon. Fingers crossed. And uh, uh, till then, till next time, I'll uh, see you out there on Araxis.